Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. That's not how it works. Mia O'Brien. Should I laugh? Should I not laugh? And Leon Searcy. This is a big boy league. How you like me now? How you like me now? Well, postseason. It rolls on for some, for others, ah, not happening, but we press on. XL Primetime with uh, Lloyd from Yellowstone, a.k.a. Trent Balky, talking about uh, the season, uh, that presser wrapping up, and we'll turn it around, Mia down there, uh, taking in the comments from Trent Balky, and we'll get into some of the thoughts going forward because everyone's probably thinking, all you, all you can do is live with the memories, mostly good, and then the one that kind of got you at the end, losing to Kansas City at Arrowhead. But beyond that, it's keeping a lot of big names that shine this year in teal and black. It's bringing them back. Sounds like a breakup. All you can do is live the memories. Yeah, Oh, you can. Honestly, I told you. This was like that girl. It's it's better to have loved than lost than not loved at all. Even if you get kicked in the shorts in the end. I'm down at Ormond Beach as a kid. And brother and I, whenever you'd go stay at a condo, you know, a little competition. You can't help it. You're like, okay, you know, who's going to be able to meet the girl? Who's going to hang out at the pool? Who's going to be at the beach for the week? And I'm telling you, this girl, Darlene, broke my heart. Okay, just ripped it out and stomped on it. Did she hook up with your brother or you both lost? We both lost, but she, she broke my heart. Okay, and so. Was she Southern? Did she say Darlene? Well, I was a winner. Because, you know, Darlene for the week until she just broke my heart. And those are the ones that stay with you. I kind of like that name. Okay? Those are the ones that stay with you. And this one Mm. will stay with Jaguar fan, Leon. I almost feel like it's going to stay with them. I don't know. I don't know whether it's more than 2017 or not. But I feel like this one, maybe that's going to be our Twitter poll today. Mm. You know, will this one linger uh, more than that one? Both of them were great memories. And and Miles Jack wasn't down. Certainly has lived on with a lot of Jaguar fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, this this season will be remembered as remarkable, mm-hmm. right? Because it, we we rode the wave. They came out the starting blocks early, two and one. Then they lost five in a row, and then they lost horribly to Detroit. We were like, what 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 the hell is this? What is this going on? And then they rode the wagon all the way to the end. Beat the beat the Titans twice. Yeah. And then they get in the playoffs, and they're down by 27, and they come back and win the game. I, I mean, that is remarkable, what they did. This team did. Nobody gave them a chance outside of Duval, and they came in here. And and, and that, I'm going to tell you the reason why I'm frustrated with the Chiefs, because I'm watching the Chiefs, and when Patrick Mahomes went down, he wasn't that, he wasn't that good. But he was good enough to beat us. That's the problem I have. He was good enough to beat us, but I think that we we have a couple of plays here and there. We, we could have easily beat the Just Chiefs the- in the – in yeah. that game. Just the fact that he was hobbled I in think, the second half and they didn't get to him. I think the 2017 team was so dominant defensively, mm-hmm. so overwhelming, especially uh, Buffalo and Pittsburgh. You remember Blake Bowles played in that game, Pittsburgh game well. And we were up against the evil empire, mm-hmm. the Patriots, and and thought and had a chance to go to the Super Bowl. So, at for me, 
I will remember 2017 as just a more of a talented group. Right. But I think that this team this year played as a whole team. It almost feels so, like this is a you know a budding superstar coming out of this one with T Law. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you this why it hurt why it hurt one than the other. Okay, because you got Darlene for the weekend. Mm-hmm. You feel like it's the weekend, yeah. you know. I thought I had some right, but here's the thing. The I honestly think this city did not start believing in this team until they beat the Titans, because that was week I, after yeah. week it was yeah whatever it'll still still be the Jags they'll still blow it. And then when that hit, when they beat the Titans and they won the division, yeah. then it just soared. Yeah. It, then it's like, then that's Friday night with Darlene, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Friday yeah. night, you're happy. Sparklers. You're there, man. You think it's you think everything's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then Saturday rolls around. You're fired up. You get up Saturday morning. You know you got Darlene for the entire Saturday, mm-hmm. right? So wild card round, super wild card round shows up. Mm-hmm. You got the Chargers. You got a very good team. Maybe – one of the top three talented teams, talent-wise, in, yeah. in the NFL, okay? Darlene, top three talent. Oh, yes. You're fired up, right? Yes. You are fired up. Mm. I won the season. Something happens early. You make a fool of yourself early on with Darlene, mm-hmm. early in the day. You feel really bad about it. You think it's not going to happen. They go down 27 nothing. People are starting to worry. It's the same old Jags. You're thinking, same old me, idiot, blew it again. Yeah. Right? Why did I do that? Yeah. And then, boom, yeah. they return. That's when the sparklers boom. came They out. win the game. And then you... Hit it off with Darlene. Mm-hmm. Another great night. <clears throat> Saturday night, right? Everything's great. Yeah. Yes. Now everybody's D-A-Y. believing in this team. This team that back-to-back worst team in the NFL. Yeah. Right? However many years can't draft right, can't get free agents right, can't hire the right coach, can't spend money right. There's nothing they do right. All of a sudden... Yeah. Everything's right. Yeah. And undefeated in right? December is yes. such special memory. We were talking about I ju- remember this this is the line. I just want to talk about being in it in November. Yeah. Then it went to be I just want to see the Jags on the in the chase. Yeah. Yeah. In the hunt. Now yeah. they're in the division yeah. playoff. Yeah. And then have games that matter in yes. December. That's all it was. Now you hit Sunday. They're Our- in the division playoff, right? Yeah. You feel good about Darlene. Then she goes home. Yeah, then she just leaves. And then here, nothing. Yeah, then you lose. Yeah. And then there's nothing there. You yeah. wake up Monday morning, there's nothing there. Yeah. They wake up Monday morning, there's nothing there. Yeah, it hurts, man. Yes. It leaves a hole in the soul. It really does. All right, so we'll set up the Twitter poll, JJ. <laughs> Something to the effect of, yeah. you know, does this rank above or below 2017? Give yeah, us a reason why. Yeah, I put why. which season will you remember more fondly. Okay, give uh, us a reason. Twenty, Yeah, and give us a reason. 2022 or 2017, obviously. All right, gotta easy, be easy one, enough. Right? At 1010XL. That's Beaver. the early leaders, 2022. Yeah, gotta be, man. Yeah, Beaver Chevrolet, Beaver Toyota bringing you – Today's show, we'll put the Twitter poll out with them, uh, beaverchevrolet.com, online, and then right there on Phillips Highway. Great deals, always cooking, especially you go into the new year. You want to look cool for 2023. They'll set you up and make sure pre-owned, brand-new SUVs, pickups, and you just go through the lineup, beautiful sedans, economy cars, beavertoyotastaugustine.com, and right there on US1. Make sure you check both of them out. So hit the social media, hit the Twitter poll. Uh, we'll find out what Trent Baalke is thinking priority-wise, and they're not going to give everything away right now, but the biggest talking point, and this will be one of our talking points as we go throughout the week, is Evan Ingram, Juwan Taylor, where are the other priorities to make sure that you bring guys that were impact players back so you can so you can put yourself back in position to try and go and compete. And look, we've looked at the AFC South, Leon. We've looked at the AFC in general. Uh, this football team, if they can keep a few, 
and add a few. There's no reason that they can't be in the conversation this time next year and in the coming years. Well, you know, remember I always talk and say that as a team collectively, you always supposed to take care inside the house first. Yeah. All right, so yeah. this is a this is a tight knit unit, and they went through these struggles together. Ninety percent of these guys are going to want to keep the guys that you have right now. Yep. So the key the key guys to keep around you, the Arden Keys, Juwan Taylor's, the uh, Evan Ingrams. Uh, before you go spending that outside money, just make sure if you want to keep uh, that nucleus together, you want to keep the morale of the the locker room intact. Mm-hmm. These guys that went on this ride together, guys maybe on the outside don't understand or not equipped to understand what this team just did. Yeah, it's going to be very important that uh, Balky makes sure that the nucleus of this team is kept together and that you pay the guys who helped you on this ride because the players are going to appreciate it more if you take care in house. Yeah. Now, yeah, you now you might bring in some guys free agents that you may want to bring in. But I'm thinking that at least 75% of the guys that are free agents moving forward, you might want to find a way to keep – like Dewey. Yeah. I mean, Dewey's not a major – he's not a major guy that you got to keep here. But, How dare you? Uh, he's I'm, he's not <laughs> – I mean, as far as – From a as leadership far, from, from a le- Now, nah, leadership part, yeah, absolutely. As a leadership, as a hustle guy who gets it done, that kind of stuff like that, you want – he's not a priority like Evan Ingram or Jawan Taylor or Arden Keys, mm-hmm. but you want him on your team. Yeah, you know he, he he's a, he's Charlie Hustle. Yeah, and, and I think more than anything else, what you're talking about, and it really does go back to maybe some some problems that existed before, was big contracts for outside guys coming into a locker room and immediately became either the highest paid. That that's not unlike what Christian Kirk did last year. Okay, they went out and they paid somebody. Well, see, outside. last but last year there was nobody in that locker room no. that was equipped to say, exactly hey, right. we can't bring this kind of talent in there or that. And then when you won in fifteen and three and thirteen, you just yeah. Hush. Yeah, they needed. To, yeah, they money. needed to, yes. to bring in yes. some talent. There's no question. You go back to those years of either not making uh, Ngakwe happy. You can go to the Jalen mm-hmm. saga. You know all that stuff. But there was no question keeping guys happy inside the locker room instead of bringing higher paid guys from outside the locker room. It can have uh, a negative effect. That's for sure. Now you're thinking they can add a couple more. Yeah, I mean because listen, these guys. This journey that this this team was on, um, it becomes very personal. Uh, you you start two and one, you lose five, you go on a nice. It becomes you beat the Titans, you you come back from twenty seven. So th- this team, and my assessment from what I'm from the outside looking in, is mm-hmm. that they love each other. Yeah, I mean this is real. This is hey, I care about how you do mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah, I, I really sense that because I've been on teams like that where there's a mutual love and respect for one another. So. They're going to want to keep those guys in there. And, mm-hmm. and and if you don't, you're going to have to explain to them why this guy had to go. Yeah, it's true. And Doug Peterson's fostered a lot of that because mm-hmm. he's kind of got that that belief, uh, that togetherness, all that stuff, the healing, all that stuff that has taken place. But you have definitely said this before, Listen, is that that team now, it's on them to build Believe something. it or not, bro, they got to find a way to keep Dewey here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's beloved, yeah. not only by the fans, but by his teammates. his teammates. I'll just tell you this much. We need to keep him here until Friday because we got something special. I know that. So I'm just saying, you got to find a way to keep Dewey here. I mean, hell yeah. you're talking about Charlie how much, Hustle. How much could it cost? It, it, it can't cost that much. No. You're talking a two, three-year deal, maybe a two-year deal or whatever. I, you know, but he's got to do what's, what's – financially, he's got to take care of himself moving forward, yeah. him and his agent. Yeah. But I can tell you right now, he loves being in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can go somewhere. He can go somewhere else and probably make more money, 
But I'm saying he loves it here in Jacksonville. I think he said he loves Doug Peterson. Oh, yeah. So you just got to find a way to keep the kid here. There's the, we go back, and, and you can't help but look at what Doug did up in Philadelphia, and he did it with not a, a all-pro wide receiver core up there. He did it with maybe a little bit less. Alshon Jeffrey was a really, really good player. But you get my point. There wasn't like this stacked and loaded wide receiving room. There wasn't a stacked and loaded running back room. Uh, he did it with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Just imagine now what he can do with Trevor Lawrence and, and then get to the defensive side. And he had – I want to say it was Jim Johnson still up there when, when – uh, ah, was it – no, it might have been Schwartz uh, coaching on that side of the ball. I have to go back and look. But anyway, he was able to keep a lot of good guys and then through injury they had to deal with it and deal with it and deal with it. Lose this guy, lose this guy, lose this guy. You couldn't pull him off into reserve back then. And he was able to go find other guys to step up and make plays. And that's the type of culture and effectiveness that he can have as the head coach. And you're hoping he's going to be doing the exact same thing here. All right, so take a look at 1010XL, and you can compare 2017 to 2022. Uh, Biggest memory, better, you know, that type of stuff. You can also hit the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, and throw a thought our way on that. Now, there's a a handful of other ones that we need to get to because let me just make this the 10-10 take right now because there are other storylines that are happening around the National Football League, and Jacksonville's just got a – a much bigger smile on their face, even though they're eliminated compared to these other places. Now, Josie's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmasters since 68. Now, they got it going on when it comes to the big game, and you want to make sure that you're part of the Sonny's big game giveaway. All you got to do is text Sonny's to 641-1010 for a chance to win a pigskin party from Sonny's for 10. That's a $250 value, uh, and we will roll it all the way up until the big game. And uh, we'll also have a bunch of secondary winners as well. Ten of them uh, will get two meals for free. So text Sonny's to 641-1010. Hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. So I think to myself, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, I don't think too many people would have imagined that you would have a more secure feeling right now in Duval. And I'm just going to use two other teams as an example. And there are others that certainly qualify. But these two pop to mind right now. You are more secure in Duval with your head coach and your quarterback than Dallas or Buffalo. Dallas or Buffalo. Dallas may fire Mike McCarthy. We know that that is a real possibility for the way things just went south, uh, time management, all that stuff. Dak, look at what he did down the stretch. Look at the mistakes that he made. Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Dak flipping Prescott right damn now. Then you go up to Buffalo – And Sean McDermott has had a great group of players up there, but Josh Allen, also a a turnover machine. He led the National Football League in red zone turnovers and takeaways down the stretch. He did not get it done. So am I outrageous to say that there is a more secure feeling in Duval with head coach and quarterback compared to Buffalo or Dallas? That's the 10-10 take. You say? I, I say it's fair, I, especially down the stretch. Who was playing better than Trevor Lawrence in that, in that five or six game run? I mean, Trevor at one particular time had like fourteen touchdowns and like one pick. Mm-hmm. He was completing about sixty five something percent of his passes. His QBR was over one ten. I mean, absolutely, and his completion, all all that kind of stuff. So, and they they, they compared to, on that five that five game run. Trevor was playing probably. Almost as good as Patrick Mahomes at that particular time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Patrick had thrown more touchdowns, but he also threw more, more interceptions. Right. He was leading him in yardage, and he was leading him in completion ratio. 
and Patrick Mahomes has him in QBR. But and that's all that matters. Listen, how how you play in December, how you how you made how you play in December going into the playoffs is more important than anything. It's how you start and how you finish. And this team, we, now we were terrible in the middle, started fast, and we finished fast. So that that's a good sign of this team because at that five game losing streak, it was like it wasn't like we were getting blown out. We were in games, we were being competitive, but we were hitting the self destruct button, and we yeah. were losing silly games because of turnovers and sacks and penalties and all that kind of stuff. And then when we made our run, we matured, we understood what the, the the errors of our ways, and we went about our business and made that nice little run. And by the way, Trevor Lawrence was playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the AFC. Yeah, exactly. That's key. That's that's coaching. Yeah, it's cleaned that's absolutely up. It's coaching. cleaned up. I, I think it's it's Trevor, obviously, but I also think it's Travis Etienne. I also think it's Kirk. You know, I I also think it's the way Josh Allen played in the last month and a half of the season. Um, Trevon Walker to me looks like a guy that once they find out where he fits best, he's going to be a player. Devin Lloyd's going to be a player. Moom is going to be a player. They I found still, they found another corner in Darius Williams. Yeah. Tyson Campbell's one of the best corners in the league. Um, you, you look at Cisco; he's now a player. Rashawn Jenkins had his best game of, of his career. Yeah, he was a nice. You, big you've got pump yeah, you've got guys. I mean, I mean, Walker Little clearly showed he can play at this level. You've got guys now that are on the up that are ascending. Not only just Trevor; there's a bunch of guys in that team, and you got a coach who's motivated because he's never no, he's never really talked about this. We should. Maybe we can get him on the show one time and mm-hmm. talk about it. But, you know, the way it ended for Doug Peterson and the Eagles was not pretty. No. And, and, they made a decision and, to move on. Yeah, he's a motivated coach right yeah. now. And, and right he's now, got a bunch of guys who are also motivated because they're feeling it. They feel now what it's like to win. When you start to feel what it's like to win, ask Leon what that's about. In mm-hmm. the NFL, when you start to win, when, when you guys, in 96, you started to feel the idea of winning and becoming mm-hmm. a consistent winning team. What was that like? We wanted more. Yeah, how much did what did that do for your confidence? Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, well, I'd already come from an organization where we had won with the Steelers because we went to the playoffs every year I was there and went to a Super Bowl. But I was surrounded by a bunch of guys who were like, you know, left at the train station and you yeah. know from from the teams they were with and they all came to, to Jacksonville. So, you know, it was it was Atlanta Misfit Dolls, but it, but when we started winning and we went to the playoffs and started winning, and when it was over in the in the in the when we was in the New England, when it was over, we wanted more. That's the key. We it's wanted the momentum, more. Momentum, man. Yeah, we wanted more. We listen. When you win like the way you win, like we won, mm-hmm. you didn't really want. You wanted the off season because to get rest and stuff like that. But you couldn't wait to get back on the train because you felt like you had you something. You felt like you had you something in Mark. Felt like you had you something in Jimmy and Keenan, and then we had Natron and all them kind of guy. But Sully. Flipped the script. He on the map. Yeah. You know what, oh, what yeah. he did with now, Bruce. Now we're gonna stop right there. Let me. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. I know. And we're we, we can do the same thing right now. We can literally do the same thing right now. Bro, Christian Kirk. I know. You can go bro. right down the line, man. And all those guys I just named were young and ascending. Right. Jimmy, Keenan, right. Mark, yeah, Sally, my, my myself. Natron was the veteran president. Of yeah. It. All the, then the defensively. Throw bees in yeah. there. Then defensively, bees, Brackens, Harding. Yeah. I mean, those are young ascending guys. And they're only going to get better. And they got a taste of the playoffs. And they know what the type of momentum you need to play at that certain level. They understood the tiers of playing Hell at that level. Hell, young. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they have yeah. a young team. They have a they young have team, right bro. Now. And they got momentum. And, and think about this. Are the Cowboys young? No. Like, no. Do they, do they have no, momentum? Really. Yeah. No. That offensive line that they had that was so great has broken down right. quite a bit this right. year with injury. And you've got other guys that, you know, Lawrence in and out of the lineup. And, yeah, you can go down the Are line the with some of those young? other guys. 
Well, let, let me the Bills get to the have Bills. momentum? This is why I use Dallas and Buffalo as you have a better situation right now. You feel better because things are fracturing a little bit. Sean McDermott is a good coach, a very good coach. He's not been second-guessed or questioned or anything like that. But you're talking about Buffalo, who didn't get to overtime last year, and they wanted to change – or the offense didn't get to overtime. They wanted to change the rules because they thought that's how good Buffalo was. They were the prohibitive favorite to make it to the Super Bowl this mm-hmm. year. You know what happened at the end of that game? Stephon Diggs calling out Josh Allen on the sideline. Right. Staring down his quarterback on the sideline. Now, you can go back to where Christian Kirk and, and T-Law might have been a little frustrated with one another coming out of the London game. Well, they de- dealt with it in-house. They cleaned it up. Stephon Diggs, this was his tweet. Want me to be okay with losing? Nah. Then he followed that. Want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to the standard? Nah. Now, that's him putting it out there. Okay, that's social media. That's a sideline right. uh, moment where he's just exploding. He's not going after Josh. He's just – you know, gesture to him like WTH. Then you take the Dallas Cowboys. You all saw the tweet where they said Dak Prescott cost them the game. That was the official Dallas Cowboys Twitter. And I don't believe, JJ, you can look and see, I don't believe they've taken it down yet. But it was basically them blaming Dak Prescott for the loss. So things are not so hot. Yeah, they did it with a few players. Like yeah. they would just say things like, uh, you know, Diggs dropped an interception there. Or, oh, here's one. The 49ers had more weapons than the Cowboys going into the game. And with the loss of Tony Pollard, definitely had more ammunition in the second half. Um, it is unreal. Here it is. When the Cowboys needed one of their top playmakers most, Tony Pollard's crushing injury. Da da da. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice in the narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't, again, generate self-inflicting wounds. Which is like, it's not a hot take or anything, but from the official count, you don't expect those type of things. No, you could go former player could say that. You could go uh, uh, one of the people covering them. Here's another you one. You want 100% from the official count of the yeah. team. Do not say that. Yeah, Plays that unreal. might get forgotten include Tony Pollard's game-changing injury and a dropped interception by Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> it's almost like Jerry Jones is tweeting this stuff And it's, and it's stuff hashtag, himself. don't forget these five. I feel like Jerry, I feel like, I feel like not Jerry the owner, but Jerry the general manager took over the Twitter account. Yeah. And he just went bananas. He just went nuts. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. I, I, never, I didn't even know that. That's yeah. unreal, actually. Yeah, it's something else. It's de- All right, so we've got all these to get into. We've got Tom Brady to get into. We'll, uh, uh, you'll, you'll hear what he said. I got a hunch and a theory. Uh, it's a conspiracy theory. You won't be surprised, but I'll, I'll give you that coming up in just a bit. Uh, XL Primetime, I love it. X-Files will bring him out. Uh, right here on XL Primetime. All right, we've got Mia coming back from Trent uh, Balky's presser. We'll turn some sound around on that. Joe C., Matty Hayes, Big Surs, and JJ. And we also have news about Mr. Tattoo and Mr. Leon on Thursday. Saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Uh, everybody, just be honest, okay? Be honest. Sing it, Leon. Raise your hand. Who hasn't 
dance to this? Who hasn't formed the Y, the M, the C, or the A at a wedding reception? Let's just come on. Be I'm, honest. I'm sorry. Leon almost did. Negative. Oh, negative. Negative? You never have? I have not. Okay, but. Not since I was a, maybe I was a young boy and didn't know any better. Because right, I, I think, I, you look, I, listen, you get a little brown water in me, I'll throw that YMC up. Uh, up. But. Exactly. I mean, JJ's doing it right now. We've all been. You're either like you're, you're down on the ground doing the Gator or you're up doing the YMCA. Uh, and, and there's a few other ones. You know, have you ever done the sprinkler? Have you ever done that? No? Yeah, I've done the sprinkler. Okay, all right. You've done the not, not grown and done it, no. <laughs> yeah, not in a long while. No, not a while. All right, we, we do not play that song because of wedding receptions and whether no. or not you did the YMCA. No, we, we play don't. it for another reason. I'm looking right at you, man. Well. All right, yeah. be, be delicate. Be delicate. Okay. <laughs> you, you say it any the way you fella, want. Well, the big fella enjoys the steam after work. Yeah, I, I, after I, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy the steam. Where you know, I can make a great workout in there. I'm in there, you know, curls and, yeah. you getting know. Getting the gun show. For the girls. Yeah, getting, yeah, getting the lecture show. Tat. So, yeah. I, 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 I go into the steam room and, and it kind of relaxes me. You know, it keeps your muscles mm-hmm. relaxed. And, and to the right of where there was... There's some inappropriate conversations going on to the right of me that may be very uncomfortable. This is not a co-ed steam, correct? This, this is not. Okay. Not this, that there's anything wrong with no, it. No, no. Of course not. It's, it's very uncomfortable. I, and I but was, there's a time and place. It's time and place for everything. And you want to make the other patrons of the Y feel comfortable enough to steam and, you know, have your I'm shirt gonna, off or whatever. Absolutely. It's probably not the place to flirt. Thank you. I'm just gonna that's, suggest that's, that's, all, I'm that's all we gotta say. All right, yeah. I was, I'm just gonna suggest that you might be suggesting that I'm not suggesting anything. Okay. I'm telling you what happened. I'll tell you what happened. Okay, so you know, it's just some inappropriate conversation going on to my right. Yeah. And the big fella felt, you know, I, I I was stringing to my to look out the window, and yeah. I think I write I wrote help on the window. <laughs> <laughs> In the steam. In the steam. <laughs> First of all, no you one, said you walked in and no these one, men were sitting way too yeah, close yeah. to Yeah, no each one other. came to my aid neither. I wrote help <laughs> on the window if it was foggy in them. Uh, so I would just say, hey, Hilarious. Uh, hey, listen, but that's my gym, though. Yeah. I'm still going to go. I will not be turned in. Exactly. And again, as we quote, not that there's anything wrong. No, no, this no, is no. Any, anyone, like girl or guy in a gym, like, it's not the place for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or uh, around a set of weights would be all right. You, you could, you could, you know, Work that out. No, action. no, no. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. No, out no there. touching. No, 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 no. I'm not even. No, I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm just saying. <laughs> not if there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I'm just saying you're smack game. That's all I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, talking, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's all I'm talking about. That, that's it. But <laughs> if you are a guy in 2023, flirting with random girls at at the gym, be wary because there is a new online there viral is. thing going around yep. where women feel like they're. I don't know, being gawked at by men at the gym. So they'll record themselves for thousands of people to watch online trying to catch a guy behind them, maybe looking at them. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the thing. There's a lot There's a lot going on it's out there weird. right now. Yeah. Uh, when in reality, when they post it online. The girls get dragged by the internet. And well, they, they're like, that, you're the creep. Everybody looks at them when they post it online. Mm-hmm. That's the point. So yeah. you're posting something for everyone to see, yeah. trying to catch one person seeing you. It's It's odd. All right, now, we've been talking about the Jags. we got our Twitter poll out there. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, they bring you today's show. You can definitely go at 1010XL. Season of 17, season of 22. 
Uh, which one's better? Why? We okay. have a big-time leader right now, only right. about 30 minutes into the poll, but the 2022 Jags are winning 90-10. Yeah, to 10. yeah. yeah. And, and it's. I think more than anything else, it's kind of the case that we laid out. It's not only is it now, it represents the future, and then it also had the greatest comeback this team's ever had and the third biggest in playoff history. Uh, and, and, and all the other comebacks, for that matter, you can go through the entire – run that they had the Raiders the Ravens the Cowboys uh beating and sweeping the Titans and then obviously because they had to come from behind double digits against the Tennessee Titans let's not forget that uh what did they have a total five five double digit comebacks and in the three where they were down 17 or more it was a total of 60 plus points they came back from so let us know give us a reason why uh at 1010XL all right now we're going to get to Tom Brady because this is something we definitely have to talk about but first that just happened brought to you by florida home ac the official air conditioning partner of the jacksonville jaguars so this isn't the ap nfl coach of the year so um i don't want to fool you but this is not the coy award no but doug peterson has won the nfl 101 whatever that is 101 afc coach of the year nice so congratulations dougie fresh and I mean, to be the coach of the year, you have to at least be your conference's coach of the year. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. I think the award is February the ninth. The award how, show. I mean, how, it's like they say: if you if you don't bury the first, you can't bury them all. How it's is it even exactly. an argument? Yeah. I mean, he took over a team well, that back to back first pick in the draft, and they get right. in the division round of the playoffs. Well, I'll give you the the argument. This is the argument. Kyle Shanahan went through three quarterbacks. Uh, including Mr. Irrelevant, leading them to now two playoff wins. Okay, or, or at least even getting them to the number two seed because this is a this is a Coach of the Year award for the season. It's not postseason. I, I, I'm guessing. Yeah, how that, about uh, they won thirteen games last and year? And then didn't you they? can go Brian Dable, who took he didn't take the number one overall pick. He took that that sorry Daniel Jones and got him to the playoffs into the divisional round. So that's certainly a good argument for Coach of the Year. I, I'm all about the coy being right here in Duval, Coach of the Year is Doug Peterson. I've been stumping for him for a while. But uh, J.J. mentioned Pete Carroll. Uh, they were they were supposed to be tanking at the beginning of the year. They, he took Geno if, Smith. If this were the Jets and the Jets had back-to-back worst records in the league and Doug Peterson goes there and they get to the division around the playoffs, he wins in a landslide yes. coach of the year. Yes. I, not I, even close. Yeah, you're, That's why probably Dable's getting the love that he's getting up in, up in New York. There's no doubt. Uh, I don't think Doug uh, takes a back seat in terms of what he did in a turnaround. To any of these guys, as good as Kyle Shanahan did with those three quarterbacks, they also have a lot of other really, really good players yes. on that football team. Uh, and so, if it's if, if I'm whittling it down, I'm taking a look at Dable, Pete Carroll, Doug Peterson, and I'm taking what was a two and five or a three and seven start, including losing uh, to that other team, the New York Football Giants, here at home when they dip to that. That number, I'm I'm giving it to Dougie Fresh. I I have no problem with that. Brian Dayball did win NFC Coach of the Year, by the way. Yeah, so those will be the two that people will be talking about uh, with the turnarounds that they both had because they both came through Week One. They won, uh, and if nothing else, if you're I don't know when that official vote has to go in for the Coach of the Year, is that the already Giants, we're assuming? Yeah, I would I would assume yeah. so because the Giants got paddled uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles, got thumped. Jacksonville made it all the way to, to the finish line with a one-score game at the end. That field goal, by the way, crushed Matt Hayes. I, I don't know if you – that's you know we're going inside – I I had the cover. Inside XLP here. You know, yeah, should we just say it? I mean, I was yeah. going to save it for Friday, but we do have a we can new winner yeah. uh, to the picks contest, Joe Coward. Yeah! 
Yes. Yes. They said it couldn't be done. Mm. It happened. Oh, I love it. You did this. You know that, right? Yeah. You let him in the house. I know yeah. I did. By the way, you tumbled. Did you go 0-7 one time? <laughs> I, I let him in the Heisman house, didn't you? let him in the Heisman house. You shouldn't be in the Heisman I'm house. I'm part no, of it now. No, he's part of the house oh, now. So me? now if we're going over your, champions. And he's taking your room. I that. did go 1-7. Leon has two. He won the first two years. Matt won last year. Now Joe has a ring. Yeah. And so now I, I will be wearing my ring. I'll be rocking it. Uh, that's for sure. All right. Let's get to Tom Brady because this was one you, you, you hear him with Jim Gray quite often on the podcast. He gets played if he says anything. Like, who are the people you want to hear from most? Well, Tom Brady, generally speaking, and Aaron Rodgers. But now I don't even really want to hear from Aaron Rodgers anymore because all he does is just put stuff out there, just smoke signals and – and in, in these veiled <laughs> comments or threats, and or he does like hour long interviews. Yeah, it's and it's just, almost like more is or less is more. Exactly, bro. just uh, zip it, Aaron. Uh, but let's get to Tom Brady because the question is, and Jim Gray poses it. So this is the podcast that they do regularly. So let's go ahead and play that. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was gonna fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's I only the question scratching. that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. <laughs> I appreciate you asking. So that came off the podcast. I uh, he either has to get back with Giselle or go on some Zola. You think he's angry? I mean, God. Relax, Tommy. I think it was the guy's just my. I think it was a fake. I yeah. think it was staged. Yeah, yeah this absolutely. is he really? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and fire up the Excel files because this is the conspiracy theory. There's no question he used his own guy. Yes. Instead of Jim Gray, or instead of Jim Rome, it's Jim Gray. Plus the F word doesn't come off the tongue like that. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Twice. And just tried to get basically said if I if I yell at my guy Jim Gray, any of you other clowns want to ask me this question? Until I'm ready to that's tell what's you. That's going to happen, right? All right, yeah. I can see that. I love that, Joe. Step off. I can Step see that. That's pretty off. good. So he sent them all scurrying. Like, we're not going to ask Tommy that question. He'll let us know later. And meanwhile, he's out there negotiating uh, how he can get with Josh McDaniels in, in the Las Vegas Raiders or whoever else he's negotiating with. So we'll get into that. All right, Mia back. From uh, the bulky presser. Yes, hello. Uh, which, uh, by the way, we I'll do have. That to coach. Thank yeah. you, Trent. Thank you, Lloyd. Thank you, Lloyd. Um, we will have the audio for that. Mm-hmm. I have sent it to JJ. Oh, um, thank you. Yes, shout out. I was out. worried. Yes. Uh, well, there were a lot of people worried, so I want to address the Nooners and the Jags fans mm-hmm. um, who immediately started texting and tweeting at me and messaging me saying, why is the presser not live streaming? I need to see bulky. What are they hiding from us? Um, official message from Jaguars PR. Per the social team, technical issue. The plan was to live stream it. Something went wrong. I can Mm -hmm. tell you this. Several members of the PR team said the same thing as me. They were clicking on the link. It wasn't going. Oh, I bet they were freaking. Right, Mm. right. So they are going to upload it to their channels. So the Jaguars will have it. We also have the audio, and we will play bits of that audio. There's also in Mia's Quick Hits, driven by Arlington Toyota, now up on all the 1010XL social channels. So So if you want a brief recap, you can also head over there. If you're not listening to XL Primetime right now, which you should be. Yeah, because you just told them it's the only way they'd know. But hit the high notes right now, just in terms of see, Balky, I think, and we described this yesterday just in our show thread, that it's a it's a little bit of a victory lap for him, a little bit of a, hey, what do you you know, how do you like me now? I mean, he went Toby Keith, um to a to a degree. How do you like me now? Mm. But he also knows that he's gotta get some stuff done to keep this bad boy 
going? Well, that's the fascinating part, and I actually do need to tweet that video out because I don't think I actually posted it. Um, he was asked, like, why aren't you taking a victory lap? Why was even this press conference kind of like a, oh, well, we'll figure out what time to do it. Like, wouldn't you want to pound your chest and be like, look at me. You all called me clowns, and now I won 10 games. Yeah. And he just said that he's really good at putting earphones on, plugging plugging the ears in, and drowning out the outside us. noise. That, that he's, get, he, yeah. he's just doing his job. Um, So, no, surprisingly, Joe, it wasn't a victory lap yeah. speech. If anything, it was kind of a, like, still, like, we're still figuring it out. We're very confident, but we're still, you know, this isn't done. The job not finished yet. Well, that's good. Instead of saying it's built, <laughs> it's better saying the job's not done. Uh, because the thing is, is that, and we talked about it before, Leon, he's got to figure out where the money's coming from because they spent a boatload of money. Really, actually, the last couple of years they've gone out and spent. Now there's not a whole lot well, left. Well, I mean, listen, I'm glad that Balky's thinking like that, to be quite honest with you, that the job's not done. I mean, mm-hmm. The goal is not to get to the divisional champion, the divisional round. Right. The goal is to win the Super Bowl. Now that's when the job is well done. You still got little pieces here. You got to you got to keep guys here. You got to let go guys here. You got to draft well. You got to keep developing Trevor Lawrence. You got to do something with the old line. You got to do so. So I'm glad that Balky's thinking that way right now. That is as as fantastic as that run was going to the divisional round. The goal is one goal is to win the Lombardi. Yeah. Right. So this, so there's still work to be done. Right. I like the way he thinks. And Trent was very forward, and um, a credit to Brian Sexton who asked the question with regards to just that, Leon, the fact that this is a mm-hmm. team that has been built with Band-Aid fixes via free agency over the past five yeah. to ten years, and now is the time if you really have well, this young core, you need to start right. drafting well, and that needs to be the basis, and therefore you're going to have to start paying those guys, and where does that leave you in the salary cap space? Every team that I've been on that, that's had success from with the Steelers or the Jaguars, the, the youth if you, the youth of your team, the coil of your team, if they're young and they're ascending, mm-hmm. you're going in the right direction. Trevor, Travis Atien, we just talked about this, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. Cisco. Walker Tyson Little. Campbell, yeah, Walker, Walker Little, Fortner. all those guys, Fortner, all those guys. Trent was gushing about those. Those are younger sending guys, and then you know Devin Lord and them. They're going to come along as well. Yeah. You got to find a position for Trayvon Walker, whether it be outside or interiorly. Uh, but if you got a good young core and they're ascending, they're moving upward. Uh, that then you know you got you something. You now, need more. You need more Ben Barch guys, mm-hmm. guys that you're getting like the fourth or fifth round that really <clears> turn into. <throat> Solid players. Yeah. Yep. That yeah. that run for, you, four years for you. And you could you go need, with you yeah. could go with the draft and develop idea from Luke Fortner on the third round. Well, on. Well, I would even say even yeah. beyond. Sorry, to interrupt yeah. you, but so, even beyond Ben Barch, I think having like two special team ace gunners and Chris Claybrooks and Daniel Thomas that you got in the fifth and seventh round, who then can be backups for you, like that's huge. And that's been Don't the issue. Don't forget Dewey either. Yeah. Or yeah. Dewey, mm-hmm. uh, who is an unrestricted Undra. free agent. We may be hearing from him later this week. Um, but the biggest thing is like those guys, those like core yeah. special teams glue guys. Guys that are at your, yeah. the bottom of your roster, but they're so critical. Yeah. There's been so much turnover oh gosh, at yeah. those positions over the past decade in this town. And if you can keep those guys, the Shaq Quartermans of the world, if you can keep those guys, mm-hmm. that's where then you have something because they can step in in a pinch. They play great special so, teams for you. You don't have to worry about just signing guys off the street for depth purposes. Well, your worker bees. That's what you need. You need your worker bees. And those guys are found as, as much as we glamorize the first and the second round and then star studded in his prime time or whatever, your third, your fourth, and fifth round picks. Yeah. If you can find those guys and if they, they can be good swing guys, yep. whether it be offensively or defensively. So that if somebody goes down and they will, you punch them in and you don't miss a beat. Yeah. That's it, the key. It, it, you know what it is? It's it's 
It's make the team and make plays. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't just make the team. Uh, and so that's the draft and develop idea in theory. And in the case of Luke Fortner, they drafted him in the third round. He steps right in and becomes a starter uh, basically from the jump. And so that's huge. Now, talking about free agency real quick, Mm -hmm. Chicago is at the top. We all know that they got a ton. They've got more than 50% of the available cap space, at least as far as the numbers from SpotTrack look right now. You've got others that are up there. The Cincinnati Bengals are third in available cap space, and they're playing in the AFC Championship game for the second straight season. So they are in one of those good spots. The Giants, we just mentioned them, coming out of the divisional round. They got paddled, but – they're still among the top five and available spenders. Meanwhile, your Jaguars are bottom three. Doesn't mean it won't change because the Shaq Griffin number could easily change. Some other things could change when it comes. But they have to have some of that money to be able to resign these guys. Well, they, yeah, they need to have the money to pay the piper, and like that's the yeah. biggest thing I think with Cincinnati right now. Like I've you know floated the idea with a lot of my friends of like, are you physically going to be able to pay Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase? And T. Higgins. Yeah, it's a lot of cake that you're going to have to give up. And they will run into that problem. So will this team. It's what we all talk about. Winning off of a rookie contract for your star quarterback. Winning off of a rookie contract. And if you take a look at what Joe Burrow's done uh, in a short amount of time, I'd have to go back and look. I'm pretty sure. I was going to make this a funky fact, but I'm pretty sure if you take a look, like Pat Mahomes this weekend, the most repeated stat, he's 8-0 in the postseason has the same number of wins as this Jacksonville Jaguar team. Now he's got nine. This team is stuck on eight. But the Cincinnati Bengals under Burrow have won five playoff games. I think if you go back and look at their playoff wins in the last 30 or 40 years, it barely totals five playoff games. Well, if you look at Joe Burrow as far as he's been to back-to-back AFC championship games, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's been in the top three of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. It's It's – Crazy. Just just think about what he could do if he had protection. I do want to talk though, Leon. Let's let's, true. let's talk about that offensive line because we really mm-hmm. didn't dive into it. Hayes Carline and I are walking back from the press box at Arrowhead to the parking lot on Saturday night, and he says to me, he's like, Well, I'm taking the Bengals because it's Joe Burrow and like he's becoming inevitable. And I said to him, I go, ah, that offensive line, I mean, Jackson Carmen got worked the week before. Like I I'm a little worried. They stepped in like there was no problem. Like they, yeah. they had been there all along. Yeah. So I'm curious yeah. your perspective on an offensive line that gets immediately when you want to blame someone in Cincinnati. It feels like they're that's the go-to. But I thought they performed very well against very well. a Bills that, team that has invested in the edge rusher position, draft in and draft out. Yeah, uh, listen, I, I haven't been a big fan of the Bengals' offensive line ever since the Super Bowl against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were atrocious, and they were atrocious again this season in the regular season, but. Legends are made in the postseason. What they did against that Buffalo Bills team in the snow, running the ball, protecting them, no sacks, a couple of hurries, was remarkable to me. And they were missing three starters. Yeah. They were missing three. That when See, that's what I'm talking about as far as glue goes. You, you have guys, develop guys who are not starters, and you need them, and you plug them in in the biggest game of the year, and they come through for you. Protection-wise, run the block-wise. And I was watching them getting off, I mean, double teams, getting to the second level, getting pushed, staying on blocks, being physical. I said, I, I always say, as much as the NFL is, is a high wire act and throwing the ball up and down the field, you're going to find out a lot about these teams. If they can run the ball in the playoffs, mm-hmm. control the clock, mm-hmm. control time of possession, take your shot, 
those are the teams that are going to go long it's like into I, the playoffs. It's like I told you, not only was the offensive line second-guessed, Joe Mixon was yep. second-guessed. And that, this team— And they have P. Ryan uh, as the backup. Well, yeah, like, a, a nice mean, one-two punch. But yeah. Mixon had been getting second-guessed, and that cat went and just ran all over them. Like you said, when yeah. you needed it most, because you go in there and you're down a few guys, and I'm pretty sure, I, I need to go back and look, that was against the Ravens and the Bills. And it was the number two scoring defense and the number three scoring defense that they yep. just did that against. That's pretty good. All right, speaking of uh, uh, the Bengals, let's at least do a funky fact, JJ. Uh, gettable, I will say. Time now for a funky fact. Get funky with Funky Buddha. Funky Buddha, delicious craft. If you're like coming into this kind of little colder season, you got cold weather coming up for the championship games, just go ahead and to the cooler section and look for some of that good craft, maybe crank up the fireplace, and a little IPA action from Funky Buddha. You will love it. So what they did, and, and it is true, you go back and take a look at the playoff wins that the Cincinnati Bengals have had through the years. Uh, Joe Burrow has matched his team in playoff wins. So he is at the top of the list. There are only three starting quarterbacks to win five playoff games within their first three seasons. Who are they? Tom Brady. Burrow being one of them, of course. Brady's got to be one. Within the first three seasons? Yep. Kurt no, Warner. Kurt Warner. I was thinking the same thing, Kurt Warner. I'm going to say Peyton. No. They didn't yeah, in the first terrible. three seasons? It was terrible. But, I think right, the, Kurt, first the, Kurt, he was. the Kurt Warner's the a good two. idea. Not the next two he wasn't. I'm going to say Joe Burrow, <laughs> Kurt Warner, and uh, Tom Brady. It's, it might be Eli, actually. Yeah, that's – no, but – well, the, so it's first three years in the league yeah. or first three playoff years? Three, I don't three, think five, to win Eli. five playoff games in his first three seasons. Yeah, because Eli didn't go to the playoffs. Oh, what, what about first year. Pat? Yeah, it's got to be Pat. You're right. So I'm going to say Pat. Even though he sat out one year. It doesn't matter. He went to the Super Bowl the third year. Or, third yeah. Brady. I'm going to say Brady and Mahomes. And Kurt I'm going to say Brady and Kurt Warner. I'm going to say Brady, Mahomes, Kurt Warner. Yeah. All right, yeah, so I did. Burrow's one That's of a combination. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bra- Bra- Brady, Brady, and, uh, Brady and Kurt Warner. All right, so no one has hit either one of them. Whoa! Okay. No one has hit either one of them. Who'd you say? Yeah. I said Kelly. Yeah. No one has hit either one of them. So think of this. Five playoff games within their first three seasons, and Joe Burrow had an ACL in his first right. year. That is just right. incredible. A six-time winner in his first three seasons was one Russell Wilson. I'm surprised you did not go with him. And the other one, a five-time playoff winner in his first three seasons, including the Super Bowl, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Yep, Yep. Roethlisberger. So, and he didn't even – I mean, it was the bus that was basically getting it done that, you know, when he went. Speaking of running the ball, being critical. Oh, my gosh, Someone on the text line also said Andrew Luck, Mm -hmm. which I'm kind of curious. Yeah, Luck definitely had – and and I uh, I was looking at some stats with Luck, and it was uh, pretty impressive. But, yeah, also someone texted in uh, Big Ben, so good on you. Uh, for that one, uh, both of you got that correct. Speaking but of uh, Russ. speaking of texting in, mm-hmm. check out what our boy Dell just sent. I missed this conversation earlier, but I am in the text group chain, yeah. so uh, in the te- oh, yeah. so I saw the group chat. But oh my goodness, JJ, are you seeing this? Right no, now? I'm not. Uh, quickly, Andrew Luck three and three in his first three seasons. Yeah, so okay, need to get to that five. Our yeah. boy Dell did a uh, an edit for us of a uh, Village People Gold of the four of us, five oh, of us, five of us, and Coach hilarious. Campo. That is just awesome. <laughs> 
And he's, he's worked. He put Coach uh, in, in another good one. That's awesome. That's good work, Dell. That's beautiful. Into the 1 o'clock hour we go. Beaver Toyota, Beaver Chevrolet. A Tuesday, we say thanks to them. You can find them any day on the lot uh, dealing, making great deals, service to back it up. You can check out both of the Beaver dealerships. We get into the 1 o'clock hour. More comments as far as what Trent Balky had to say. Yeah, because I see a couple on the text line asking about Shaq Griffin, Jamal Agnew. Yeah, we, those, can, we can address all that. Yeah, how are they going to find the money? We'll deal with that coming up. Always a crazy one broke into the stadium. We saved you a seat. It's lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. There's no question, it's how do you like me now? If you're Trent Bulky. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely what you're saying. How do you like me now? A year ago to the day, you all wanted me gone. You had Byron Leftwich and Adrian Wilson coming here. I'll raise my hand. I was right there. And now, 10 win Jaguars, baby. Second round of the playoffs. It's uh, it's but rare air. Like I hear he's a big Garth Brooks fan, for what it's worth. Really? Day, so maybe we effort finding uh, something uh, in all that right, lineage. So my, my, my like, like factor of him just rose exponentially. Why yeah. is that? He likes Garth. Oh, yeah, he's a big yeah. Garth fan, apparently. Well, it's funny because I, I, I uh, whenever there's like a throwback Thursday, it's around the players, I probably will tweet out a picture of Dave Caldwell and Toby Keith because uh, Caldwell gave him a Jaguars jersey uh, back then, and I, I, I loved him. I met Keith. Toby Keith one time. Yeah. He's JJ, awesome. JJ, there's actually a cool D version of How You Like Me Now. I'll well. find that. <laughs> okay, thanks. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Was uh, was Toby Keith cool to you, JJ? Oh, yeah. He yeah. was super wasted. Um, it, was in a, it was in a uh, hole-in-the-wall bar in Ocala. Ooh. He was not allowing any photographs with males, only females, until my friend, who's a big Oklahoma fan, he's like six seven, made up a lie that he used to play O line for OU because Toby Keith is like a humongous Oklahoma right, fan. Right. Oh yeah. And so he was so drunk and like my buddy made up a name and he was like, Oh yeah, I've met you and and we got our picture with him. Oh, he that's thought he beautiful. was a football. Wait, player. what was he doing in Ocala? He had a friend that passed. Uh he was at there for for the funeral. Oh, okay. Some horse okay. guy, yeah. Okay. Some horse guy. Yeah, well, it mm-hmm. could have been back in the day, you know, when he was just uh, uh, playing in front of anybody that would show up, like Jimmy Buffett showing up at the trade wins uh, way back when. I only ever met Toby Keith once. I was uh, back in my former life interning at the Academy of Country Music, mm-hmm. and it was after the Monday night. Um, they they always do, like, uh, the Grammys do this, too. On the Monday, yeah. they do, like, a musical taped live-to-tape special that then yeah. airs a couple of weeks later, and it was, like, a patriotic, like, God bless the USA. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think Toby was hosting it, but he basically, like, took over and then he like basically grabbed the mic at the post uh, production at the post show party and just started like USA chants. Oh, and, he like, loves oh, USA. My God. He loves I, USA. I remember being like scared, like being wanting to be patriotic, but then also being very scared as he started screaming into the microphone yeah. about we live in the greatest country in the world. <laughs> and I was like, I need to go home. I yeah. need to go but home he, right now. He's intense because he believes it. And, and he's right too. Uh, that's the other beautiful part of it. Uh, but when he performed, we're just bringing this full circle. When he performed at the Military Appreciation Day was when Caldwell handed him the jersey. And and one of his great songs was I'll Never Smoke Pot with Willie Nelson again. And uh, then that they had to they had to table that one. They didn't want that one to, to uh, be performed again. Do we think our good friends at the players will have Trent Balky hand Riley Green, who, in case you missed it, will be yeah. this year's 
headliner yeah. for the concert? Do you think I he's going to so. hand him a jersey? I hope so. Do it because you never know. Never know. Riley Green could turn into a superstar. Luke Combs was yep. one of the ones that you know. Young Hyla, she lives in Nashville, and I'm like, you know, Luke Luke Combs was coming. She would always come, and we'd go to the concert and all that kind of stuff. And she's like, ah, you know, ah, you know, he's got a couple hits, but ah. And then he just took off like a rocket ship. Uh, for what it's worth, I saw him. He was the headliner two years in a row at Daytona because obviously 2021, mm-hmm. they couldn't have a ton of fans. Yeah. 2022, this past year with him, which, of course, the Daytona 500, mm-hmm. just a couple weeks away yeah. this year, uh, it was the greatest concert yeah. I've ever been to. And, I mean, a, he only played seven songs, but, like, they let media get up close and personal. Yeah. And, like, oh, my God. He's just a regular guy. Unreal. Cool dude. Uh, pride of App State. Uh, Gibby knows that. That's for sure. All right. So, back to Balky. Uh, we like Speaking to call, of cool dudes. Yeah, we like to call him Lloyd from Yellowstone because he sounds just like him. Uh, but he made some tough decisions last year, uh, and I think the the toughest may have been, do I want Doug Peterson to come in here and come in with that Super Bowl credential of his, and I'm, and I, and I'm going to be able to work side-by-side side with him? That was probably his most important decision that he made. Let's give him credit on that one as well. Shad, Tony. And Balky deserve credit for bringing Doug Peterson in. And then you know the rest took off from there. And Trent was asked, and we'll have that sound coming up in just a little bit, um, he was asked, why did this work? Why did it work in year one? And he gave all the credit to Doug. And he said that this team was a reflection of Doug. And so, again, for everyone who expected this to be a victory lap of sorts, it really wasn't. And J.J. does indeed. Look, this man does that. Can we he give does, it up for he J.J.? turns and burns. I don't turns wanna, and burns. I don't want to hear about nooners or listeners calling in and complaining. J.J. LaSalva is – Kicks butt. Give yourself a round of the, applause. The big, I yeah. won't give myself a round of applause, but yeah. if I was rude to you on the phone, deal with it. Yeah, like, please give J.J. his flowers. <laughs> don't call Taylor. Uh, here is Trent Baalke asked about why the Jaguars won 10 games in 2022. There's a lot of things to point to, but I don't think you point to anything greater than, than Doug's influence as a leader. You know, when you have a, someone at the, at the top that's – as steady as Doug is, uh, as fearless as he is, and really as authentic. You know, those are the th- three things that I think of when I think of the way Doug's led this organization and this football team that really stand out. And, and people get behind that. You know, when you're authentic, you're the same guy every day, and you're fearless as a leader. Uh, people, you know, players, staff, uh, fan bases, you know, it's, it's encouraging and it's engaging. I keep waiting for him to talk about pushing – the entire herd through the east side of the yeah, <laughs> just moving them over. I just want him and Rip to fight. That's what I really want more than anything else. Who uh, would be who would be Rip on that in that franchise? Um, I don't think there's one. I don't think one has not either. presented himself no. uh, at this point. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, but he's. I mean, honestly, he he's look he he took some heat. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Oh, he did. Yeah. So and and he could say he doesn't listen to, to social media. He doesn't listen to fans. But how could you not? You know, how could his family not? They know what's going on. He yeah. took some heat. And yeah. and he just head down, kept going, and landed a another good free agent class, landed another good draft class, and here you are, back-to-back free agent and draft classes. It's, and you've set up pieces around the most important piece on the team to allow him to be successful. Yeah. It's just so important to keep it together. And you know this, Leon. Uh, Malik Jackson came in at 16. He was the highest-priced guy. Then they went out and they got Boye. They got Barry. They got all Elias. the other guys. Yeah, and, and, and they, they spent a lot of money. They just could not hold it together. Calais was one of the biggest transactions that they made. But that's the key, man, holding it together. 
Well, I mean, you, you say his draft class back-to-back has been outstanding. I mean, Fortner is his best pick this year, if you want to be honest. I mean, Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, they're still works in progress. Yeah, they are. They but, are, but, but, but Fortner, are, but those are guys are going to be here for a yeah, while. Yeah, there's still question marks. There's still question marks about yeah, them. I, don't I mean, so. Fortner, Fortner played from day one, has been the consistent center throughout the whole season. Mm-hmm. And I think in two years he'll be a Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. I really honestly believe that. So, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, Muma Mo- and or Lloyd played consistently throughout the season. Did they? Yeah. They they were on the field. Either one of them was on the field every play. Okay, they was on the play, but okay, if you just on, if you're just on the field, your your play speaks volumes on how were they consistent in tackling, covering, and and make impact for an I, I think Muma by the end of the by the last you part of the by, season. By, by, yeah, well, he's a young guy, man. By well, by, the, say, end, but, by but, the end of the season, he was he the, was a guy who I understand. was really I, good against I, the run. I understand. And I, I think I Devin think Lloyd did. was turning out by the end of the season too. Okay, I, I just I think that by the end of the season they started to come along. All I'm saying is I'm not question marking his draft. I'm, I'm I'm saying that as far as impactful goes, his third round pick is probably his best. Yes, pick. I would yeah. agree with that because he okay. was steady and available yeah. and 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 played. Whereas one guy got benched, the other guy you know kind of changed. I do positions. also think Trayvon Walker played a lot better than people give him credit for. Right, but it's so honestly, much more what, than just what will we remember? Sacks. What will we remember? Yeah, him making the big play early, the pick right there at the line of scrimmage. With the personal fouls. And then and two personal fouls. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't yeah, disagree. No, probably the personal fouls. I mean, if he, fouls. he's played yeah. so well that we're talking about sometime, sometime next year we should move him inside entirely so he can be more impactful. Yeah, that's Which, that's JJ, um, I'm, that's not no sure, bueno. I'm not sure if you have that sound, but maybe we can grab no. it. Um, Trev- well, I mean, I mean, he, I mean is, is it – okay, <clears throat> this is the way I'm looking at this, all right? Is it bad to have a disruptor inside interiorly in the NFL? No. Right. But he's so do if it. you can find the right place for him where he develops and becomes an, a, a Pro Bowl-type guy, why not do it? I agree with you. The idea was to draft him. He's a guy off the edge. He's going to get you 11, 15 sacks. I agree. Okay? If that's not who he is, then find who and what he is because he's too athletic. He's too long. He's too mean. He's got a mean streak to him to not find a place for him and let him grow and develop. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Trent was asked, uh, JJ, if you have that sound, with regards to Trayvon Walker's development uh, here this season. Oh, well, yeah. We're going to get that sound. So he was asked about that. So all I right. want to make sure we hear that because we also heard from Doug yesterday. Doug specifically said he wants Trayvon to develop as an edge rusher and an interior mm-hmm. rusher, which obviously may have tipped their cap to what they're thinking. But here is Trent when he was asked just about two hours ago with regards to what he thought of Trayvon Walker, his number one overall pick, his rookie season. Well, I think Trayvon, like all these rookies, you know, it was a growing, it was a, a season of growth. And you're always looking at young players, and usually that step between year one and year two is the biggest jump that these guys have uh, as players. But I think he did a lot of nice things, you know. And uh, you know, like I talked to him a week ago, you know, that that stat number that everybody has in their mind of sacks is, is in in a lot of ways very overvalued. You know, there's a lot of ways to influence a game, and I think Trayvon, you saw him do it, uh, whether it be the run or the pass, he had an impact this year, and it's only going to get better from here. The only reason, only thing I'm saying is, if your number one pick overall needs growth and time to flourish. I know a, a guy that played with me, Brackens, who came in his rookie year, had eight and a half. Do I need to take you back to 1991? Off the, huh? Do I need to take you back to 1991? What? When Big Lee got to Pittsburgh? Oh, I, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you're, I, you, you have told us over and over yeah. and over and over that you were nowhere close to being ready. 
And then, oh, well, I missed all with, training camp. With, I, I missed all training camp. I didn't sign into the last day of training camp. Well, whose fault was that? Their fault. They ain't paid me. <laughs> <laughs> but to but, be fair, yeah. by year two, year three, hey, you, uh, you were Pro Bowl. Yeah. You were a guy that could play in yeah, the league. But, yeah, absolutely. But I think, if, if honestly, if we're, if we're just dealing it down to the you know the rawness of it. Luke Fortner was the most productive player yeah, of out of this he draft was, because class. he played every week and, and, and yeah, there's, he was there's, available. There's still question marks next to two first round draft picks. Question marks next to two. And so they I don't both, disagree with that, but I also they say both this have too. to come out and turn a corner. Your guy Fortner, who I think yeah. did did a nice job, he's got to put on some I, I some, love what he's got to put on some muscle, man. I love what Log said. He got pushed around too much. Yeah, Log said it on Jaguars today this morning. And he uh, he emphatically said it like what you're saying there. He said he flat out needs to be in that weight room yeah. and, and gain and gain a lot of strength. Go chat that me on us. Just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Speaking of the Jaguars rookie class, only one of them landed on the Pro Football Writers Association's All Rookie Team. Any guesses as to who? Fortner. Fortner. Nope. The center hmm. selection was. Tyler Linderbaum of the oh, yeah, Baltimore Ravens. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Drink. Trayvon um, Walker. Nope. Okay. Are they going to put Muma or Lloyd up there? Which Mo- one? Muma. Muma. No. Nope. No, they Lloyd. went Lloyd. Had to be Lloyd. Devin Lloyd has made uh, the 2022 Pro uh, Football must Writers have been a rough year for linebackers. <laughs> uh, he joins Malcolm Rodriguez of the Detroit Lions and Hard Knocks Acclaim, and then Quay Walker of the Green Bay Packers. Quay made some plays up there. He did. Now there were times he made where some he plays was, off the field yeah, too. He was yeah. a dude by the end of the year, man. Yeah. He but, also didn't start that well. He was the guy it. shoving people around. Yes. Yeah. 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 Shoving refs. Yeah. And so he definitely uh, he made headlines and more than one way. I'll tell you, he started slow, but by the end of the year, he was a bad dude. Other than his antics when he yes, did, you know, yes, did that. I, I, you couldn't help but notice him, and you're oh, like, yeah, okay, that All Walker versus field. this Walker. Yeah. Honestly, you couldn't help but, yes. but, but look at it like. For that. discussion purposes, the defensive line selections by the Pro Football Writers Association: Jordan Davis of the Eagles, Aiden Hutchinson of the Lions, George Karloftis of the Chiefs, and Kayvon Thibodeau of the New York Football Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're you're just trying to find those, and now they got to pick 24th. Now they got to find that guy much later in the draft. Well, they, plus if you're if you're Trayvon. And you've got Hutchinson and Thibodeau both on that team, and you're not? Yeah, you're a disappointment. I'm a little motivation there. Right. Yeah, Yeah. let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. All right, uh, XL Primetime, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, they bring you today's show. We'll get back to that Twitter poll coming up in just a bit, 2017 versus 2022. Uh, which one's better and why? We would love to hear some of your thoughts on that with your Jacksonville Jaguars. Saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. By special request. Some Garth, although it's not really Garth. Is, is it Garth? Oh, that's Garth. It is, oh, I, I didn't know yeah. if it was a knockoff because I know Garth doesn't make a lot of his music available on yeah, the internet. Yeah, if you go to like YouTube, you're never going to find him. Yeah, that's yeah. why I was. Oh, oh, thank you, JJ. I yeah, was, you won't get him I, on Spotify either, but. I yeah. do like the. Uh, that. That's a good one. Then B double E double R U N. I just assumed that you were. Able, unable to find it, so this was like a spinoff. But no, this is indeed That's Garth Brooks, no, uh, a favorite of Trent Bulky. Yeah. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm sure Lloyd does too. It's XL Primetime on a Tuesday. In case you missed it, Trent Bulky met with media to put a wrap on the 2022 season. We'll hear from him in just a little bit. I see plenty of questions on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures with regards to some of the discussion topics that occurred here on this fine 
Tuesday morning. Um, with regards to some of the contract situations, I saw a couple folks asking about Shaq Griffin, asking about Jamal Agnew. What I can tell you is obviously Trent did not go into detail about any of the guys they potentially could be saying goodbye to. He mm-hmm. said it is hard to say goodbye. He did say to me, and I believe we have that sound, JJ, um, when I asked about that, I asked about having to restructure contracts um, because I heard a, from a source last night that uh, mm-hmm. Trevor met with, had lunch with several players who are under contract for next year yeah. and suggested to them, hey, I would really appreciate if you guys restructure a little bit, and it sounds like the front office is open to that because I want to ensure we have Evan Ingram, we have Jawan Taylor in 2023 and run it back. Who was at that table? Uh, the he's, tra- he's trading on He's trading on water. Yeah, don't mess I, with uh, – No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying because it's good that he, he does want guys on the team that's going to restructure and keep other guys here or whatever. But then when your money comes, it's going to be like, Trevor, you, you could take a little less and – to stay here, right? Remember? You remember? remember? <laughs> well, I'm see, just saying. That's maybe you will. I, but, but I'm, I'm just saying. Tom Brady stay, did. Just stay out of my pockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's the first reaction to stay out of my pockets. <laughs> and that's yeah. fair. But if they do see, you know, that 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 greater, you know, everyone collectively yeah. can make it I and mean, we can he all could be, be listen, winners. He could be treading, he could be trending like Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He could be like, listen, I'll take a little less for championship. That's what Tom did. I mean, Tom – I don't think throughout his whole career, I don't think he was ever the highest-paid quarterback in the league. Never. Because he was always taking less so he could keep certain guys. You know, the Patriot way was to take less to keep certain guys here so you could be trending in as far as winning championship. Mm-hmm. If Trevor feels that way, then and he's talking to guys about, you know, restructuring your deals, you know, maybe. Because all restructuring is is that you're going to take a big, big chunk of money now yeah, and you'll get it up front. Bonus and, yeah. and you're going to basically be reducing your, your base salary for next year. So what's the negative uh, to that? I okay? wonder. That's the question I have for you. What's the negative for taking more more upfront money? There's there's no negative to it. Okay, so so that doesn't mean that if you do that, <clears throat> then you've set yourself up for your – if you have another contract that, well, you were only making annually 4.4 even though you got 30 up front or whatever it is. Does that mean you're only going to make 6.4 now? Well, I mean, if you start – if you start – Teetering, tinkering with the base. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, that, that's Does that affect key. future contracts? Exactly. Okay. That's well, the, that's uh, and more than anything else, if you take a little bit up front, which is good, they can just void that contract sooner than you want them to void that contract. <laughs> right. That's the biggest so, negative. Yeah. But then, you know, restructuring can be a good and can be a bad. Yeah, I mean, because what you're doing, let's say somebody, somebody's making $15 million a year, and they say, okay, we're going to restructure, we're going to give you 10 up front, your base is going to be five. So when you go in there and, and re and Try to go for another deal, your base is way below what the market says that you're. That's what I meant. You, you know right, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Right. So yeah. Because what you're saying, Joe, is obviously the 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 negative is you right. can get cut at any time. A lot right. of these friends to cut you. But mm. then also, but, I think what yeah. Leon's saying is the other bad. Yeah. That's the yeah. other yeah. neg because they'll look at it and go, oh, you've now reduced your base. Yeah. 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 So your, your base. Yeah. Power. Yeah. Because let's say oh, DB's base is 18 million, but you just got eight mil, ten million up front as far as a bonus, and now your base is at eight. So you getting back to what the, the the base is for like elite DBs is going to be probably far fetched. Right. So I asked Trent <clears throat> with regards to since I see those questions coming, <clears throat> if you're going to re-sign Evan Ingram, if you're going to give all this upfront money, if if you're going to ensure that you keep everybody around and you keep everybody happy, would you have to say goodbye to some folks? And <clears throat> so I asked him with regards to restructuring and possibly releasing players where the Jaguars currently sit this year as compared to previous seasons. Goodbyes are tough. You know, you want to keep as many of these guys as you can. 
Everybody understands that we're going to do everything we can to make that happen. But if we're going to make that happen, something has to give. Everybody's got to give a little bit. And, uh, you know, we had those conversations on the way out with the players, and, and they understand that. And we've got a lot of work ahead of us in order to make this happen. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we can do what we need to do structurally if we need to, to sign the guys back that we need to bring back. And so then I followed that up by asking him if in those exit meetings, without prying too much, if it sounded like players would be willing to accommodate for the greater good of the Jaguars. Structuring is the easy part, right? Restrict Because that, that's just semantics with the numbers. And they, it's not like you're taking money away from them. They're just restructuring how they're getting it and when they're getting it. So that's never been the real issue in this battle. It's more getting the guys that are free agents under contract and something that they'll agree to. That's it right there. That's the heart and soul of it. A free agent. Okay, Juwan Taylor is a free agent. Evan Ingram is a free agent. And those are the guys that you need to figure out. Dewey, you need to figure out. Those are the guys that are sitting out there. And then when they leave that building, you know, they are waiting for free agency to begin unless something else happens. And you can put something in front of them before that and, and, and you know, have the idea that you can bring them back without them entering free agency, but still not a guarantee at all. No, but I thought that you, you hit the – Excuse me, you hit the nail on the head there, Josie. That that last line was the most telling, that yeah. he feels confident that they reached a good talking point mm-hmm. with the pending free agents yesterday that may be willing to accommodate. And so I came away from t- this morning's press conference with Evan Ingram said, if you give me more upfront money, and again, this is just me speculating right. my assessment of the situation and talking to Evan, talking to Doug, and talking to Trent. Evan said, if you get me the upfront money, I will take less Mm -hmm. because he wants to be here. That was the sentiment that I got. Obviously, we don't know what the final dollar number will be from other teams as well. But then with Jawan, I just kept getting the sense of this is a priority for them, but he does want to see how much money is out there. He wants to see free agency. And that ain't a bad thing. Uh, It's not a bad thing for him at all, but that's what he's thinking, right? Listen, me and Jawan shared the same agent, Mm -hmm. okay? He always wants more money, all right, okay? <laughs> Not only for himself, but for his client as well. Sure. He wants to try to maximize Jawan Taylor's, you know, um, his ability to make as much money. He's young. I mean, this, 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 he, he can make the kind of money in this contract right here, wherever he goes, Jacksonville, whatever. That's, I mean, you're talking about life-changing money for the rest of his life. You know, so he wants to make sure he maximizes. Yeah, I mean, he could stay here and, and take less, but – why would you do that? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, I, I forced them to trade Dan. Exactly. If they See, want you the bad enough, force them it's, to trade exa- Dan. Exactly. See, here's the thing that, uh, and, and I'm going to say it. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Here's the thing that the uh, corporation known as the Jaguar wants you to do. They want you to think that they're making every effort to keep a guy, but they've got to do what's in the special interest of the corporation, which is the team. So they can't just be splattering money to everybody. They've got to right. be responsible for it. So being responsible for it means that when in negotiations your agents are high, they're here, and then hopefully they meet in the middle. But to start the the negotiating process, it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, Juwan, you want this? You want $20 million a year? Sure. We want you. We love you that much. No. It's to devalue him first and say, well, okay, let's watch this film. And, you you, you know, hold here. Mm -hmm. They're they're going to break it down. 
They're going to break it down, and they're going to try whatever they can do to devalue what he thinks he's worth. And then somewhere in the middle, they get, that, that'll be a common ground. And should we? And we should also note <clears> that I asked Trent with regards to the franchise tag, since Evan Ingram and Jawan Taylor would be two prime candidates if they chose to use that. And he felt verbatim, and he answered this this morning. He said, "I don't, I don't want to use the franchise tag, and I don't think we're going to have to." Mm-hmm. Okay, so. I think if he, I, I love putting that out there. And and you might be able to quote speak it into existence. There's no guarantee that the other the other side of it will agree with that. That the Drew Rosenhouses of the world will agree with that. Uh, but but if, you're starting negotiations from a point of friendly, pos- friendliness, exactly and positivity. positivity. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly what it is. You're Until not it's not. Going, no, no, yeah, I, no. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But at the very least, yeah. they're coming out first and saying, "Here's the olive branch." Yeah, absolutely. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So we absolutely. want to give you more than one year guaranteed, yeah. et, cetera, et cetera. Before we uh, send Leon off for the day, um, we do want to touch upon Ed Reed and that situation. Yeah, and this probably is not going to include enough time, but Ed Reed, we were all pretty excited. Leon let us all know Ed Reed has taken the Bethune-Cookman job and that we were going to get him on the now, show. Yeah, I reached out to him, and he said that you know he was getting uh, staff together, you know, kind of getting his feet, you know, on solid ground, and that he was going to hopefully. He told me that he would do the show. We would talk once he got himself situated. Now we know why it took so long. Yeah, and listen, I know Ed. I I don't know him like um, I know the guys that play with me that won championships, but I, we've we're familiar with each other because uh, we're brothers of the league. We smoke cigars, sure. So most of the times when I see him, it's it's with a cigar, whatever. We talk cane stuff, or whatever. And he came to the show. Oh yeah, when we was in Super Miami Bowl. in the yeah, Super Bowl, great. he came and yeah. he showed, he broke bread with us during the Super Bowl and did the show with us. But he's one thing I know about him. Just the time that I've spent with him, he's very passionate about football and kids. All right, he he's he wants, and for him, it's more than just about football. It's about life skills. Mm-hmm. He he wants to teach kids, young kids, high school, college kids, not only how to play football, but using football as a mechanism to teach them about life. Yeah. So he's very passionate about that. If you knew his upbringing, just go Googling, you know his upbringing, you know, coming right. from New Orleans and all that kind of stuff. He cares about kids. So he was he was leading off that the uh, uh, Bethune-Cookman College uh, did not have the best interests in the kids. And he everybody who saw it, they saw the rant. They saw what he was saying. He on social people, media. Social media, he called people out and all this. Other you got a little play, of that, the place was <clears throat> just, just a little slice of that. Just go ahead and hit it for the fans out there. This is Ed Reed. He was uh, he was expecting to take the Bethune-Cookman head coaching job. Probably, I, I would say, probably very likely motivated by Dion and what he was able to do at Jackson State. And he wanted to probably take on. Well, they, they had a memorandum of agreement. Yeah. So yeah. they were just figuring out the final details. Yeah, and so he was expected to take this job, and then it just came, came apart. Yeah, this is when he was informed that he wouldn't be brought as the head coach. You know I don't want to leave. And like I told you, I want all these recruits. But they got some corrupt people in this world, some evil people that don't care about kids like I do. So I want y'all to hear the truth from me. I ain't withdrawing my name. I got the receipts. They got all kind of stuff going on around here. Hoarding these buildings with nothing but trash in them. You understand me? And Dion was right. And I know I'm right. And they got some people in here who be snitching to their ass. And I work amongst Judas as Jesus walked with him. And I ain't have a problem with it. When he said trash, literally trash. That's not yeah. a metaphor for, you know, there's bad people. 
yeah. trash in the buildings. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, me and Jay were talking. About, he's a stickler on that. He 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 likes he likes order. He likes cleanliness. And when he got there, he said that it, it was a mess. He said his office wasn't even clean. And see, here's the thing: I, I we all know that. HBCUs are, are, are depleted fund-wise, right. all right? We all know that. We're, they're, they're depleting as far as fund-wise go. And we know also that the Power Five conferences have pipelined for the last 40 years. HBCUs help pipeline and make the Power Five conferences the superstars that they are now. And then it seems like the HBCUs were, like, left in the dust. So because God, the African-American players yeah, signed with the Power exa- Five. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. so what – a guy like Ed Reed is doing, and Dion was doing, it was trying to help resuscitate these 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 schools by using their name, their likeness, mm-hmm. to bring corporate dollars to to build facilities, to build dorms, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I commend them for it for, for the attempt. It's just that um, I don't know, and, and I haven't talked to them, so I, I'm I can't I can't give an assessment. Of how things are going at Bethune Cookman, I can only go by what he said. Apparently, there was some sort of student protest, like <clears throat> wanting to get him back. Well, there's a petition out right now. Yeah, he, he, there's a, a 7,500. Uh, I think it was, the petition was to get 75 people, 7,500 people to sign it. Right, that they wanted to reinstate Ed Reed. I think it's over 5,000 right now. So they're, they're trying to put a little pressure on the administration. Uh, to bring Ed Reed back, but the fact of the matter is, the administration is is embarrassed by the attention that Ed Reed brought to how they run business. So, and now he's he's made the oh he's peeled escape. back a big old curtain. Oh yeah, well, yeah. All right, big. Uh, speaking of peeling back a big old curtain, uh, man's gonna have a tattoo on. Thursday. Thursday, yes. Mr. Tattoo right there on Bay Meadows. Mm-hmm. This is emptying into San Jose. You're heading west. It's on the right-hand side. And uh, uh, my man Travis has got it set up with a beautiful Jaguar logo and, and the claw and 72, and you're going to be ready to roll. All right. Sounds all right. good. All right. We'll see you later on. You got it. Right, he yeah. steps out. But, yeah, it's all set for Thursday. Now, it's not a big tattoo shop, but Travis is well-respected and has come up with a really, really cool – Tattoo that he's going to put on. So if you want to drop by, you can. At least you'll be able to check out his place. And Big Sirs, Big Sirs is, they went out and got him a heavy-duty chair for him to sit oh, in while, while, while the tattoo is, is going to go down. So I'm looking forward so to that. So we got tattoos on Thursday. We have a special presentation on Friday, which we'll be able to reveal more about in the coming days. Yep. And coming up next, we have Eli Apple once again mm. tweeting through it. Not through his mom, though. It's XL Primetime. XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. We'll be saying hello to Coach Campo coming up in just a little bit. Leon already out the door for the day. Mia O'Brien alongside Joe C., Matt Hayes, J.J. LaSelva on the ones and twos. I do want to quick give a shout-out here as I'm just reading this in real time. Mm-hmm. Um our good buddy Demetrius Harvey, now of the Florida Times Union, yep. was able to catch up with Shaq Griffin. 
And so you could check out his story at the Florida Times Union's uh, website at jacksonville.com. Um, I, I, I'm just said to him, I'm like, was he in the locker room mm-hmm. yesterday? Because yeah. I didn't see him mulling right. around the locker room. So not sure how Demetrius got a hold of him. Um, and it might have been him going in or out for treatment. You never know. Correct. And so Demetrius, according to his report, um, Shaq Griffin indicated he had to get his L5 or fifth lumbar spine vertebrae fixed in order to make a full recovery. He again had that procedure about week seven-ish of the 2022 season. Yeah, and did we get, like, I'm looking at you, like, do I even remember the actual procedure? Did they ever describe that? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. Think I mean, they... we went, we were never even told that it was back injury. Right. When the official said, press no, it release was listed as a back, but it, it was, was. A very vague. The injury was a back, mm-hmm. but when they sent out the official press release that he had been placed on injured reserve, right. it was just he's placed on injured yeah, reserve. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So uh, here is the quote from Shaq Griffin um, when he was asked about the situation in Jacksonville. Would he be cut? Would he be released for cap relief? Mm-hmm. Um, he said to Demetrius, quote, right now it's kind of hard to say. I know I want to be here and kind of continue everything and get back healthy. I want to have this year where I'm fully healthy and get a chance to prove everything that I have for this team and shoot for my career. We'll see. I'm staying hopefully. I'm staying hopeful, excuse me. I know at the end of the day it's business. I know where my heart is. My heart is here. If we can make that work, we will. I, I, I Sometimes we kind of fall into this trap. We say we really like the guy. He is a really nice guy. Shaq falls right in that pile. But it, this truly will be a business decision as, as to what they do going forward. And he wants to stay here for a variety of reasons. He's a Florida guy. He came here. He's been part of this locker room and, and the brotherhood and, and everything that's happened. But he also knows that it's a high-paid contract, too. And so if it gets cut, he's going to be out there. He's going to look for work. Probably going to, unfortunately, maybe take less. But it's just a shame. It's just the way it is. And the business part of it is cruel at times. But this guy got a nice big signing bonus, which is what we were talking about before. Uh, had an opportunity. Had the starting job. Not one season, back-to-back seasons. And he ended up getting hurt after that Indianapolis game. Uh, and, and we'll see where it goes. But, yeah, Demetrius, good job there. Yeah. I've, that's for sure. I didn't see him in the locker room, so I'll, I'll wait and find out if that's actually where, you know, he got him. I just texted him because uh-huh. uh, we haven't seen much of Shaq Griffin in the stadium, in the locker room at all the right. past nine, ten weeks of the season. Yeah, and, and Liam, what I always talk about is that if you're – if you don't – you almost feel like you're not part of the team. And so you go do your workout, and then you leave, and, and you, you can't uh, enjoy it. Now, from that secondary player to another secondary player. Yeah, let's talk about Eli Apple. Yeah. Um this guy, this guy, I feel like if we're not talking about him because he blows coverages, we're talking about him because he and his mom are tweeting and mad online. Um, he is not mad online. He is just trying to poke the bear with the Buffalo Bills. Um, so he quote tweeted a video of Stefan Diggs, who appeared upset with his quarterback, Josh Allen, on the sideline of Sat- Sunday's, excuse me, Bengals-Bills game. And Eli says... Someone get them in couples therapy at Josh Allen, quarterback at Stefan Diggs. I'll pay on God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that was on the heels of Stefan Diggs tweeting, it's easy to criticize my reaction more than the result. Obviously, as has been reported, Stefan Diggs, as soon as the game was over, sprinted into the locker room, got all his belongings and sprinted out yeah, um, <laughs> before coaches had even made their way into the locker room. Eli Apple also quote tweeted that on Twitter and said, Cancun on three with the heart emoji 
that DeMar Hamlin has now become synonymous with following his, well, as, as DeMar Hamlin tweeted out earlier today, um, synonymous with his number three and the sign that he made after he came out of a coma from his medical emergency. But he has been doing that heart symbol yeah, all season it, long. And that's a reference to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Early, uh, late 90s, early 2000s Lakers, Nick Van Exel famously in a team huddle during a playoff game that they were about to lose and their season was over, said Cancun on three. <laughs> and they don't forget those. And they did not bring him back after that. Yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't forget those timeless moments because we always joke, uh, the players will say, you haul backed up, flight tickets uh, booked, uh, cruise ship waiting, you know, all that stuff. This is Ryan Clark, uh, who also played uh, in the secondary in, in many good years in the league. And you can see him on ESPN. And he now does the Pivot Podcast with Freddie T and, and I, Channing Crowder, I believe, is still on there. But uh, Ryan Clark, if Eli's, if Eli Apple's game matched his Twitter swagger, dude would be a Hall of Famer, the highest level of pettiness, LOL. And that's really it's what true. I mean, he's a pretty good player. Okay. Yeah, well, he's he, been up he, and down. He may he's, not be elite. Yeah. He's a pretty good player. Yeah. He's he's honestly he's been so up and down. That dude was drafted high, didn't deliver, humbled, came back, started making some plays, and he. He hasn't made enough. What's the more diva position? I I wish Leon was here to answer this. Maybe we'll have coach answer. I was going to say corner or wide receiver. It's wide receiver. Has to be corner. No, I'm saying wide receiver. Because corner, you either go one of two ways. You're either super quiet and humble, or you just literally are putting everyone on blast 24-7. Well, I I, I guess. Wide receiver, at least, I think there's a middle ground. But if we go back, honestly, if we go back and we list, and you, you just go from, I don't even know, the 90s on, I could I bet I could give you three wide receivers for every corner. Uh, Prime being the, the biggest example of the diva in the corner position. But just think of T.O. and Ocho and on and on and on with these guys that won't. And, and Stefan Diggs is right now the latest diva when it comes. What you just said is true. He went in after a, a divisional playoff game and he didn't get the ball and was yelling at his quarterback on the sidelines and then goes and gets his stuff and leaves. That's Awful, awful. And then what did he say? He just what did you guys just read that he said well, that you know you don't know the whole story? Yeah. Well, I mean, I can see the story playing out in front of me. Right. Yeah. And and give us the story. Well, he said that it's easy to criticize my reaction more than my result. Want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to standard? Nah. Want me to be okay with losing? Nah. Yeah. You don't have to be okay with it, but you can be professional. Right. And 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 do it inside. And you can obviously say what you want to say about it, but don't call out your quarterback right there in front of don't call your quarterback who's every every single play has 300 pound guys that run 4 7 40 running after yeah, yeah. you got one guy to beat right and it, it's just it, i can see frustration especially when they this this is almost the example of the jaguars in a lot of ways where they thought as soon as they left that afc championship game in 17 they were going to come back all they had to do was put the pads on and they were going to the super bowl that's what that's what buffalo was buffalo was the highest betted favorite coming into the season since the Seahawks in 2015 to be the Super Bowl champion. Now, that team almost did it. We all remember what happened with, with that. You know, Malcolm. <laughs> that changed everything. In the uh, middle. Yeah, because Beast Literally Mode, in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really changed everything for them. Uh, but, yeah, that's how, that's how much 
people thought Buffalo was going to be the Super Bowl champs. All right, into the 2 o'clock hour. Thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. They bring you today's show, beaverchevrolet.com, beavertoyotasanaugustine.com. Look for great deals, great people, uh, and you definitely will understand when Linda gives the message that they're taking Sundays off because they want to reward their people. They can do it in six days' time instead of worrying about Sunday. Uh, the guy that was focused on all the Saturdays here of late was one Coach Campo. We'll say hello to him coming up. This magic moment. Let's welcome in XL Primetime's coach, Dave Campo. I won't even suggest that the magic has ended because it hasn't. It has not. Our head coach is in the house, 2 o'clock hour. Dave Campbell, we welcome him in. Our head coach, former Dallas Cowboy head man, assistant here in Jacksonville during playoff runs in the 2000s and a part of what was a pretty good run this year, coach, wouldn't you say? It sure was. Uh, you know, obviously the destination wasn't where you wanted to end up, but yeah. the journey was outstanding. I do want to say one thing, though, as I usually do. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to give you a hug over yeah. Darlene oh or whatever gosh, her name God. was. That was a heartbreak, and that was those those were those formative years, Coach. You don't get over that easy. You do not get over that. Hey, listen, I've been there. Yeah, she just up and left, and uh, it was heartbreak. It was heartbreak. Now, what's it? No, JoJo. It's just, you know, one bus leaves, another one comes along. Yeah. That's, that is true. Yeah. I, but at, at that point, you couldn't console me with that. You I love that Dave listens to the whole show. I that do. was like the first two minutes of right the game. First segment. Coach Love is in it. and out. He's in and out. He's always – you're paying attention. You're I do. I listen. I follow you guys. Did you go get a hot uh, dog yeah. before you came today? I did two hot dogs and a, and a crispy fry. I, I love it. Go. I love it. <laughs> I yeah, do love it. Good, he, he went through that, that, that contest. really good. Yeah, he went through that contest, um, what was it, a year or so ago? You dropped some LVs, walking and whatnot. And he's like, I'm going back, and I'm getting <laughs> me some dogs. I mean, it's – it's hard to avoid that. Place. <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> listen, at my age, though, I have to really I'm, – I'm trying to do it two weeks instead of every week I come yeah, over Every here other week. Tuesday. I'm trying to do it every other week, you know, to try to keep it down a little yeah, bit. Well, EOW guy thankfully, now. we don't have to worry too much about the AFib with uh, the Jaguar season coming to a close. There were a couple, uh, couple of home games there where I was getting a little worried, especially when Coach Campo looks at me with five minutes Listen, to go. Listen, I still have my heart monitor on here <laughs> to make sure because I'm not quite finished yet. <laughs> I now. love it. Well, hey, listen, I mean, if nothing else, Coach, you got to admit, as we look at the Jaguars' 2022 season in hindsight, cardiac cats, but they found ways to win. And as much as we joke about how we all were having heart palpitations in the press box with some of those crazy finishes in the second half of the season at home, they were finding ways to win, and they were as confident as could be, and they were not panicking on that field. Well, that's the great thing about it going forward, and I think that's what's important now is what happens between now and uh, the end of next season because this one's done. And when you're confident and you have the belief and, and everybody's got a taste of what's going on, we have to uh, be careful of one thing, though. We've made so much about the belief and the confidence and all that. This team has some athletes on it now in key positions. And I think young athletes, and that's what's really important because you have to have something to build on. And, you know, I think the one thing that they've shown is the drafts, you know, were dinged a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there's some good young players on this team, and that's what you have to have to go forward. All right, so we can now officially talk draft. We have the 24th overall pick. What do you see as the most glaring weakness on the team right now before free agency? Obviously, it could change with free agency. But right now, what do you see as the most glaring weakness? I think they need cover guys. 
And, you know, the, that to me is, is number one. If they find a corner that can play, uh, that, you know, is, is really a, a top guy, I think that's what they, where they should be looking for. A nickel corner. Any corner. Yeah. In other words, I'm just talking about a guy that can cover. And I think that that allows you to do so many more things. Uh, and right now I think we have two corners that are okay. Right. You know, I'm not sold that Tyson Campbell's one of the top really? corners. I, I think that's he's fair. good and he made improvement, but he's got a ways to go in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. And, so, and to which having so, someone opposite him yeah, could exactly. change the game. And, and, you know, I'd be saying probably the same thing uh, about – a, a uh, top wide receiver if we didn't have Ridley possibly in the building. Mm-hmm. But, I, but you know, you need those uh, a couple of elite guys, and, and we just, you know, that position is so important to me. To which I do want to make a quick note because yeah. I asked Doug Peterson yesterday with regards to shifting the scheme, fitting it to personnel in the year to come, and he referenced, well, it took us until week 14, but we moved Darius – and obviously that move paid off because he was one of the highest rated corn outside corners the rest of the way. And I asked him, is that the plan moving forward? And he said, yes, if, if he he will be on the outside. Yeah. So uh, in Which answer in to your of question, shock, yeah, that's what I would have said, a nickel corner. Right. I'm just talking about a third corner that can play yeah, yeah. And, and to be a, a, a guy that challenge. And and do those kind of things. No, and, not on Trey Hurden, who played hard. He's, yeah, he's, you know, you need someone better than him. Yeah, exactly. He is a quality backup. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. All right. So the other half of it, and I, you know, this is we'll probably have a good sparring match on this subject. Me, you, Matt, any of us, throughout the course of the off season. I say, you guys say, give me a corner that can cover. I say, give me a pass rusher that can make the quarterback get rid of the ball quicker. Well, there's no question in my mind that. That Trayvon Walker would be a outstanding left defensive end in a four-three. Now there's ways of getting into those fronts from a three-four background, but mm-hmm. I just don't like the idea that the, the guys that we've got out there. The key to the three-four, if you're going to play straight three-four, is the ability of both those guys to rush and drop. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that. Mm-hmm. We don't have it. No. The drops are are not good, and that, uh, you're talking 41 and 44. You're I'm talking, talking Josh 41 Allen. and 44. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now I think and 49 and yeah. 91 yeah. for yeah. a bit yeah. out there. Yeah. Exactly. At least those guys were supposed to be, you <laughs> yeah. know, right. legit. But I mean, Allen got better as the year progressed in drops. He, he did, and and to me, he's the smoothest of the two yeah. guys yeah. between Walker and and mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And as far as those kind of things, he's probably the best. That's why I see. And again, I'm talking out of school because, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. But if I was looking at our team right now, I'd be in a 4-3 base. Walker would be my strong side end, and Josh Allen would be my weak side end. And the weak side end is the guy that drops, not the strong side end. Strong side end is playing the run. I'm bulking him up. He's going to be a – you know, if he's in a five technique – or a seven technique, he's going to be a good pass rusher with his hand on the ground. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what he is. And, uh, you know, again, there's a lot of things that he can get better at if they're going to stay in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. One of them is he's a power rusher. Well, then he's got to have the ability to get his hands on their hands, get their hands off him. They've got to have the ability to hump them, you know, mm-hmm. is to get them off balance and throw them. Those are things that he can get better at. I don't think he's ever going to be one of those guys that – 
comes in and flashes and does all this stuff. He's got a hand a on power. the ground too. And from off a hand on the ground, that's that's what he can do for sure. So if yeah. they're going to switch to a 4-3 base coach Campo, how difficult would that be over the next 6 months before training camp opens? I don't, I don't think it's that difficult because they play a lot of 4-3 fronts right mm-hmm. now. They hybrid. What they do is they out of the well, first of all in nickel, they're in it all the time. But even in their base defense, they're playing some what we'd call over or under which are knock down four-man lines. That's really what they are. The one thing I saw in this ball game that encouraged me was in the beginning of the game, especially, and it didn't show all the way through, but uh, Lloyd blitzed three or four times in the first part of the ball game and wasn't able to get there because Mahomes was so mobile that he, he made some plays, but it was encouraged to see he was putting pressure on him. They were getting pressure on him yeah. early. Mm-hmm. And and to me, as a Sam linebacker, a guy that can go up on the line of scrimmage, can can you know do some of those things on the strong side, that's probably his best position, where he doesn't have to do so much thinking about where everybody's going and all their pass offs and yeah, it's all in front of him. It's in front of him. He's on. A, he's basically a line of scrimmage linebacker, or he's on the strong side and he's. Blitzing and doing yeah. some things, that, and then you've got Moom, you got Moom in the middle, then you got a little count at the will. There you go. You got a nice front seven. That, that they have three linebackers that could be pretty good four three linebackers, in my opinion. All right, uh, you got a question for coach? You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure six four one ten ten. We'll try and get to him now. If we miss it, we'll get to our Facebook Live with the Campo and Joe podcast. So definitely, uh, either one of them, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we still got to go back and look at that Chiefs game, coach, in your mind as far as what you. What you think they did well, what obviously were the breaking points. We'll do that coming up on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. Coach Campo with us the rest of the way on a fine Tuesday here in Duval County at 1010XL World Headquarters. Dove into the defensive side of things from the fallout of the Jaguars season-ending loss to the Chiefs in the divisional round on Saturday and where they go in 2023. Let's flip it on over to the offense, Coach Campo. Um, Your assessment from that game in particular, I know you were a part of the fifth quarter on Saturday night, but a lot of folks wondering if they abandoned the run, why the passing game wasn't as vertical in the second and third quarter, 30,000-foot view, what was your assessment of the offense? Well, I thought the, I thought the offense played pretty well overall. I, you know, they might have given the ball a little bit more to, to Etienne because, you know, he was – they were moving the ball uh, pretty effectively against a good run defense. A lot of it was with pulls when they were pulling the center and pulling the guard, uh, staying away from Chris Jones. Uh, they, they had a pretty good plan, and, and he averaged over five yards a carry. I think it was close to seven yards a carry. You know, so he probably got the ball a little less than he, he needed to. But, again, that's a case of being behind from the beginning of the football game. And that's kind of been our deal for for a number of ball games. And they were always chasing, you know, the, the points. And, and that changes your idea of who, you know, what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. We are not a vertical passing game. We, we just don't have, for some reason, the guys that can – break it open uh, down the field. Now, we dropped one. Mm-hmm. We had one, but we dropped one. And, and honestly, Coach, that's twice that Christian Kirk could have made on that field two very, very big plays on a deep Yeah, and against the same team. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, and and you know that wasn't an easy catch, but it was, it, it was, was t- catchable for a, for a guy with his skills. Yeah. In other words, he should have caught the ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that he's well this guy or that guy. He should have caught that ball because he's capable of catching that yeah. ball, and that would have been a big play. You heard Doug Peterson say it, and he is not. He didn't go Stephon Diggs on anybody. <laughs> he just basically said. There were plays, and we need to make those plays. And and that's why we lost the football game, guys, because in all honesty, Doug said it, the, 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 some of the mistakes that were made early in the season reared their heads in that ball game. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's one of them, uh, along with a couple of other situations. But, you know, the pass interference penalty, not pass interference, roughing. but roughing the passer, yeah. mm-hmm. And then to come right behind it and to overplay the inside run when the guy didn't break the line of scrimmage and he pops it outside for 40 yards. Which I'm flashing 44 over at Matt Hayes yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and there were a couple of things on that one, but the, the main one was what they're doing with the outside linebacker, what he's doing, and that's why I say he's really not a dropper. Because instead of dropping with your shoulders squared, whenever there's – a, a drop when he drops, he turns his shoulders he inside. Turns, right. I don't know if they're coaching that mm-hmm. or what they're doing, but when you do that, your focus is all the way inside. And we always told our guys, anytime you're a dropper or you're a corner, anytime you're on the edge, you always don't go inside unless the guy breaks the line of scrimmage. If he's behind the line of scrimmage, you stay right where you are and you're ready to break in there, but you've got to be able to contain the football. And they got pinned inside, and that's the 40-yard run. But those two things are things that kind of happened at the beginning of the year as well. When you're, and, when you're pinned like that, your leverage is pinned inside too. And, yeah. and, if, you're, and if you're running back, that's a difficult turn. And yeah. by the time you turn, the guy's right by you. Unfortunately, he never turned because right, right. their tight end came in and just picked him off. Right, because, because his he leverage was all inside. inside. Yeah. He turned inside. And then he went inside because the guy was stopped right over the center. Right. And, you know, over the years in coaching, I've seen that happen a million times. So that's one thing that we stressed. You know, uh, I've seen it where, especially in short yardage situations, a guy will run up there, he'll run into his own man, and then he'll pop it outside. And if everybody's not where they're supposed to be, it's a big play. See, I want to I reserve something you said earlier about the, the talent on the team because I've been saying this now for two weeks. I think it's a good team. I think the whole idea of, oh, this is a great run, minimize the fact that they've got some good players. I think they're just growing. That's all. They're just ascending. So, And I also think Jose Acoy, Caldwell, mm-hmm. is also growing in the job. Absolutely. So he'll get better. It's not just going to be that the player is going to get better. I think he's going to get better too. So defensively, while I agree with you, Joe, they need help in pass rush, I still think the more important area is the corner because if you've got three guys that can cover in the secondary – the game was all about throwing the ball, right? Absolutely. And, and to me, that's why that's a big uh, plus for me. Because when you have guys that can cover, you can do anything. Doesn't matter what you do. You know, as far that, as up front, the front Yeah, side. you can do anything. Yeah. You, can, you can go over, under. You know, they play the three guys inside. We call it a mini bear. You can do anything you want. Five-man rush. Whatever you want to do. You can do. Because those guys can't get you open. Can double. Right, right. You can double somebody because you don't worry about what's going on with the guy you don't want to double. All those things come into play when you've got the corners that can cover. So, and that's and I include the nickel in that. Right. right. 
Let's get to a few off the text line brought mm-hmm. to you by Lifetime Enclosures. This one courtesy. Uh, well, first, I, I have to get to this one. Uh, we got one texter, Coach Campa, who wants to know if you golf uh, because his birthday is coming up and all he wants is to golf and go have a couple hot dogs with you. Um, <laughs> so so we have to give a shout out over there. Uh, that's, a, that's a heck of a text. That might be the text of the month. Yeah. Um, this one's courtesy of 6988. Coach, how important is it that the Jags re-sign Ingram? Also, when Calvin Ridley walks in the building, does he automatically earn the wide receiver one spot? Well, no. I mean, uh, he's one of the guys when he gets here, you know, and then they'll determine whether he's a number one. You know, really, they don't determine, well, this is a number one or a two or a three or a four. They're all a team, first of all, and he's going to have to earn his spot. But if he's who we think he is, he has one, you know, number one ability, meaning that when the team steps on the field, right now we have a little bit of a problem. Uh, because we don't have a guy that somebody has to double in order to open up other guys. That's a number one, and we don't have that guy. So if he's the guy, that's great, but he's got to earn that, okay? And the other question was what? The other question was Ingram. Ingram. How important is re-signing Ingram? Well, I think it's important because I think he has a great chemistry with with the the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, know, we could go out and get a tight end that probably is a dual guy – He's probably not a dual guy, although he blocked better than I thought he was going to block. He, you know, especially on the perimeter stuff, right? Uh, get to the second level stuff like that. But uh, you know, he is so important from the standpoint. Uh, it was funny because uh, Chris Collinsworth made the comment at one point in the game there where they hit him on that crossing route and he ran around the corner for a first down, about a twelve or thirteen yard run. He said. You know, anybody that watches this team's got to know that that's their favorite play. Right, right. Well, that's his favorite. He's the favorite guy in that situation. And so uh, he's he's improved his drops. He's an adequate blocker. And he's a really good uh, pass defender, especially on the crossing routes and stuff underneath would run yeah, after so the catch. If they pay him, they're going to have to draft another one to get to where Doug would like to be. Uh, with the double tight end. All right, we'll keep it going. Coach Campo hanging out with us. Don't forget Facebook Live, Campo and Joe at 3 o'clock, uh, a little after 3 o'clock. We'd love for you to hook up and enjoy a, a little conversation with Coach there as well. You can hit the text line. Any more questions, throw them at Coach right here on XL Primetime. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I can report that despite earlier reports that were disputed this month, friend of the program, Jaguars wide receiver coach Chris Jackson has informed Doug Peterson's staff that he is taking the same position at the University of Texas, uh, per yours truly, per multiple sources. Yeah, yeah. That's a, look, you know what? When Chris Jackson was on the phone with us, yeah, you could tell he's a college guy. Well, he's very like he has. He's that very in into him. look, man. You've got to accept accountability and responsibility and the leadership. You could tell he was definitely a guy who works better with younger guys than opposed to Well, he, he might be into the guys. idea, yeah, like you're saying, of, of developing guys, yeah, the younger yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 sponge that will take on all that information. But this wide receiver core blossomed under oh, him. Oh, yeah. Really. Yeah, when, when, when everyone was second-guessing this group, Career highs, all that stuff. So, yeah, he definitely needs to be given a lot of credit. That's for sure. Jaguar wide receivers caught 238 passes for 2,677 yards, 19 touchdowns this season. And then, of course, the the fun stat of Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, the first duo in Jaguars history since Keenan and Jimmy to go for 800 yards. What I'm curious about is – does this somehow relate to the news that I don't even know if we addressed yet on the program – 
that Bill O'Brien is headed up to New England to become the Patriots offense coordinator. We know Keenan McCardell interviewed for that position. Obviously, he is currently the wide receivers coach with the Minnesota Vikings. Doug Marone could be a package deal with both of them, one of them, to New England. Where does this leave Keenan? Well, he just goes right back to Minnesota. He's he's coaching a good group there too. You know, if you think about Osborne along with uh, Justin Jefferson, he, he's almost past Thielen in a lot of ways. That's a good group uh, that he will. He, you know, getting in that interview process, coach, isn't that the key? Just once you are recognized as, look at Tamiko Ryan. He's he's taking interviews left and right. Let's hope he gets a job. He seems to be deserving of it. But once you get in that hopper in that funnel. And it all, it's all about the media. Yeah. You know, once you're in with a good situation and everything's going well and the media starts talking you up, yeah. that's how you get the next opportunity. You yeah. know, uh, and, and, the, and the, it's interesting because the, the announcers on the NFL games are quick to anoint guys. Oh, they will hype some people. You know, and, and some of it's because they know them. Some of it's because they've watched enough tape. You don't know what is the difference, but, you know, obviously uh, Chris Jackson talking about him, mm-hmm. you know, he did an excellent job this year. You I'm know, happy and, for him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We need to try and get him on again before he leaves or he'll, uh, he'll be on the recruiting trail and then maybe we can get him on after that. Well, I'm curious real quick before we circle back mm-hmm. to the Jags, because obviously I know we have a few more for coach Campo. How stable is Steve Sarkeesian in Austin right now? Is his seat hot? Is he secure? Hot. Is, is he good to go? Out think, there in Austin right now. Uh, and Matt, I'm just guessing. You're closer to it with your Saturday down south ties. But they have fired and tried and fired and tried too many people. They have got to give him more benefit of the doubt as opposed to saying we're pulling the plug earlier. Well, they're going to get to the SEC by 2024. That's going to mm-hmm. happen. So he has another season where they're – Six and six. Then he'll really be in trouble. Yeah. They, 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 they may pull the plug then. Yeah. If they go six and six, they may pull the plug. Yeah. Because then you're at the point where, okay, we're going in the SEC. Arch Manning has redshirted. Now you've got Arch Manning for the next two or three years. You know, maybe it's time to completely see, reassess again, pay someone to walk away again, and then see what happens. Because it's, man, if they think it's difficult to win in the Big 12 and go six and six in the Big 12, <laughs> what happens when they get in the SEC? Yeah. Like then they're in trouble. I dig it. I dig it. I just I, I feel like the product's better under him. You, at some point, you gotta have you it's, gotta stick with the offensively. Guy. It's it's better under him. Yeah. Defensively, it's not. Yeah, it's still not. It's still not as good. All right, coach. Uh, just go back to the game. Go off of Matt's comment right there. Defense. Hey, you're a defensive guy. How, how frustrating is it to see a guy catch a ball 14 times and just make it indefensible off the text line? Uh, was asking Coach Kiff Caldwell some pointers on how to cover the tight end, which, I mean, honestly, 14 catches. You know, uh, number two actually did a decent job on him in Mm man-to-man. It's when they went to the zones that, you know, we were talking off the air Mm -hmm. uh, about the fact that we're spot dropping cover three, three deep. And what I mean by that is the linebackers are dropping to a point and then they're working off of eyes on the quarterback all the way. When we whoop dropped, we pattern red. In other words, even though we were dropping to a point, mm-hmm. we were watching what was happening up in front of us. And then when things came into our area, we kind of matched it with one eye on the quarterback, the other sure. eye on the guy. And we're not doing a very good job with that. So obviously the game uh, Saturday was really frustrating watching it. 
because there were a number of situations. But the one that stuck out to me the most is when they, the touchdown that he threw back to uh, Kelsey, in the Kelsey of the field? Yeah. after he blocked. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. when he blocked, the linebackers, it was kind of a half roll. So he, the quarterback was kind of rolling out that way to the right. Right. And the linebackers were moving with him. Well, as you're moving, you've got to know where the number one receiver is, the number two receiver, and the number three receiver. Well, both of our linebackers just kept going with him, and they left Kelsey just sitting there, and he just came off the block and caught the ball, and both linebackers were outside of him. Mm -hmm. Trayvon took off with the running back. Well, one of them was almost matching. He was was matching him. And then uh, I think it was Lloyd that went by – the next progression, which is where the tight end was. And to me, that's that's what's happening with Kelsey. It's frustrating. Uh, Why didn't they go inside out like you talked about last week? Well, yeah, I <laughs> let me just say this. On the touchdown pass to Scantling in the back of the end zone, they played man and doubled Kelsey. Kelsey. So they went inside out. And they out beat on 32 yeah, on, the, on, the, on the square end. So, you know, it, 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 it's easy to say you're going to do this or that. They were mixing it up, which was the right thing to do with Mahomes. But I don't think that they really played it as well as they could have. Let me put it that way. So these issues with the tight end were nothing new, though, all season. It just so happens that Travis Kelsey is more than a tight end. I mean, he he's his own unicorn of a position out on the football field. And so my, my question is, how do they improve defending tight ends in 2023? Because we saw – that they struggled against the Titans' tight ends. They struggled. The only one I think they didn't struggle against was Dalton Schultz of mm-hmm. the Cowboys. Pretty much otherwise across the board, they really struggled against that position. And knowing that they are bringing much of this roster back when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, what do they change in countering that next season? Uh, I would say get get uh, another corner and then play more man coverage because that's the only way you're going to – now you can, you can play hole coverage where – robber coverage where you're playing – in and out on him, whether it's zone or man. Uh, that's the only way I know how to do it. And, uh, you know, the, the, if you watched Kansas City's defense, they hold coverage their safety a lot. Mm-hmm. Rob, call it a robber. You know, everybody's playing man, and then you just drop that guy in the middle, and anything that crosses, you got that's a chance him. to cover. So that's that's the little mini zone that's taking place uh, with man. Okay. And so, you know, that's the way I see it. Uh, and and other than that, I think you match coverage mm-hmm. within your zone principles. That's the only way I know how to do it. Coach, good stuff as always. We appreciate it. We got Campo and Joe coming up. Facebook Live, he, they flock to Facebook for Coach. Facebook Live, yeah. the left three o'clock, uh, or wherever you go to check out your podcast, uh, be it the audio or the video version. You can go to any of the Ten Ten XL social channels. Thank you, Coach. We appreciate it. We say hello to the French Show coming up. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. The embedded and shredded Hayes Carline comes walking into the room. JJ and Maddie Hayes are just having this animated debate going back. No, it's not a debate. It's, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be phenomenal later in the week. Okay, all right. prime time, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal, yeah, phenomenal. And What's it in regards to? We can't tell uh, you. We can't tell you, but it's 
We won't you can't give me the topic? Yeah. All I'm saying is get your popcorn ready, okay? Yeah, okay. Yeah. It has to do with XL Primetime. Some awards and superlatives. Yeah. Hey, I like it. enough. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Enough. Stop okay. it. Uh, all, right. all right. So, uh, welcome I didn't mean in. to pry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not that. You know, we're big on surprises. I got you. Yeah, we're getting uh, Leon a tattoo on Thursday. That's awesome. Yeah, and he he's not shying away from it at all. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what? He's so fired up. We're going to be at Mr. Tattoo on uh, Bay Meadows right there approaching mm-hmm. San Jose. Mm-hmm. And he said if he loves it, which I think he will, he's going to go get a U on the other side. That's awesome. Yeah, he's fired Fantastic. up. Fantastic. Uh, did you come back from Kansas City tatted up? I did not. You did not. No, but I did if, show it, them photos of our barbecue, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, I very did cool. Show yeah, pictures. Um, but I will make you this promise: if the Jaguars ever finish the season twenty and zero, <laughs> I will get a tattoo. <laughs> okay, there you go. Make that. Make you know we've that. got that. On, we've got that. That's fine. Yet. Hey, right. they go twenty and zero. <laughs> it's the least I can do. <laughs> All right, so you guys are still pouring over it, just like we are. You know, we're gonna take a look at free agency a bunch, but you know, like. One quick tw- takeaway, because we had Frank in here yesterday. Give us the Hayes takeaway coming out of the Takeaway is that I think, you know, the glory years are, are here now. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, I, I think this is sustainable. I don't think they're going to take a step back, barring a year of just mass attrition with injury. Right. But, um, you know, I, I think it, it's disappointing, obviously, that they lost. But I think I was almost immediately more overwhelmed with, all the good times that they gave us this year yeah. and the comebacks that they had and to see the so many of the young players play so well, to see Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he accounted for 35 touchdowns this year. And really, to be honest, I, I know some people could be like, well, Bortles did that. But how many of Trevor's would you say were like garbage touchdowns? Mm-hmm. I can't – I mean, maybe there was probably one in Detroit. You maybe. Know? Yeah. But, I, yeah, I mean, Detroit, of those 35, yeah. I bet you th- at least 32 of them were absolutely – in the heat of the moment or with the Jaguars leading. Because yeah, you're making me think uh, these fourth quarters were comeback wins. Absolutely. Whereas the other fourth quarters you're talking yeah, about were yeah. you know, stat piles. Critical. Yeah, whereas yeah. the year Blake set was, the franchise record, a lot yeah. of those were who cares, right. you, know, you know, hitting a home run in the bottom of the eighth when you're down 11-3. to three. I mean, right. that that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I think it's incredibly exciting. It'll be fun to add Calvin Ridley and see what he can be. It'll be fun to see what they do. In the draft, hopefully of those, you know, uh, first three picks of the draft, hopefully they can be uh, solid contributors right away. And, yeah, I, I think it's it's very exciting. Uh, I think they've got the right head coach in Doug Peterson. I wouldn't trade him uh, for anybody. So uh, I'm I'm incredibly excited about where this thing's headed. That Bortles uh, record isn't lasting for long, by the way. Uh, it's got one more year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the fourth out, the 35. Enjoy it yeah. for one more year, Blake, yeah. because if that kid's healthy – yeah, he's throwing for 40 next year. Real quick, though, okay. Hayes, I, I want to just get your assessment because I've seen a lot of folks on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, the Twitter machine, asking, well, how do we know we're not going to get duped like we did in 2017? How do we know there's not going to be a regression in 2018? Why will that not happen here? I, I just think if they – now, if Trevor gets hurt, uh, you know, or, or you lose seven offensive starters around him, you know, or, or that happens on the defensive side – that's tough to overcome. But the reason I would say is look at the division you play in. Who's catching them? I mean, barring the Titans somehow finding their way to Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady this offseason, in the present, I don't think there's any way they can stay with the Jaguars. And and they're the only team that has a chance because the Colts and the Texans are either entering rebuilds or continuing through a rebuild. So, I mean, I think it starts there. I mean, you're you're – going to be the absolute favorite to win the division, which gives you the playoff game. And, and hopefully, 
Uh, they do play a first place schedule, but if you can put up like a five and one in the division, yeah. you know that's the recipe for can you maybe get that one seed, get the buy, or can you at least be a higher seed than you were this year, yeah. where maybe you're playing that divisional division round right in right, Jacksonville. Yeah. It's takeover time in the division, and that beautiful thing about winning the division means you get to have that game here at the very least, the first go around. Absolutely, the first week. All right, so you guys are gonna be covering all that. All that we'll have a scholar athlete at uh, three forty, so it should be a lot of fun on the Frangie Show. Sounds good. Hey, Carline, Frank Frangie, Lauren Brooks, Agent Gibbs. They got it all coming up. We are out. We got uh, Coach and I will do Facebook Live. Campo and Joe. We say thanks to uh, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. They bring you today's show every Tuesday. Uh, they always got it kicking. JJ, can you pay off our Twitter poll with the? The Beaver folks. Absolutely. It's not our closest poll we've ever had. But uh, <laughs> as always, brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. Which season will you remember more fondly, 2017 or 2022? Running away with a 90% 2022. Yeah. Now, I, look, in this. Prisoner of the moment. It's, it is. And, but, but this, you know what? It, this is a good moment to be a prisoner of. So that part of it I actually get. And because of what we all have said and what Hayes just said, right. the idea of keeping this one together versus that one. Because you got your future in T Law, you didn't necessarily know what you had. And Blake. All right. Uh, the other stuff will be on social media. Yes. Up. Uh, we've got plenty of stuff on our YouTube channel. Interviews from the locker room yesterday. Reaction to Trent Bulky's presser, um, which the Jaguars have since posted. You can check that out on their channels. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, just like, keep it locked on Twitter for the latest and greatest. All right. We are out. Joe C., MLB, me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sirs, and JJ.